Wherever oh, EJZ's is. here. Cool. Nice. This is this is his suggestion, so we will very excited to talk about it. Uh so uh what is going on, guys? Uh right. we uh the suggestion for this movie came from uh uh yeah. EJZ, who or oh. who's been uh, a big supporter of ours. Uh hope also happens to be from the beautiful country of Norway, so he is up super, super late. Uh, oh, excellent. Thanks so uh, much for coming. Yeah. And so and the suggestion, yes. And so we are uh very excited to do this. This was his suggestion. So he suggested Annie Hall, which we've all seen a million times. Mm-hmm. Love this movie. If you haven't seen Annie Hall, it is one of the greatest comedies around. Yep. That's uh, true. That uh, Woody Allen has did. Probably one of his to- most popular film. Definitely one that yeah. got the most attention. Yeah, of of his very best movies, easily. Yeah. Uh, there, you can argue that there are other movies that you like more of his or not, but this one is kind of universally seen as that one of the I think, I think it's like, it is his, it is his best made funniest movie. Uh, like there are better, he has a couple better made movies than this, but they're not as funny. So this is the one that like carries it on all cylinders. Yes. Yeah. Um, like, I, a, like I, 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 go ahead. I, for me, his, the best films he did are, uh, Broadway, Danny Rose, mm-hmm. um, Hannah and her sisters, and Crimes and Misdemeanors. Right, yeah, I'm huge Crimes and Misdemeanors fan. Huge um, um, Hannah and her sisters fans. Hannah and her sisters. Uh, huge. Uh, uh, Freaking. What's the other one? Um, oh, there's another one from the same. Anyway, Broadway, Danny Rose. Broadway. I, I'm actually a giant fan of. Uh, nobody. Nobody talks about. Over. Uh, uh, Stardust Memories, but I love Stardust, Stardust Memories. Memories as yeah. well. But Broadway Danny Rose is, is one of his top three funniest easily. Like that's like, uh, like that and Bananas and, uh, Leaper. and, and <laughs> Sleeper and <laughs> Annie Hall and all that stuff. Yeah, it's very true. But, um, how those, are, did, those were a little goofy. Like B- Bananas and Sleeper were the goofy face of. Yeah, there's different, different, different chapters of his. Mm-hmm. Of his career. This and is the beginning of relationship talking. Yeah. Annie Hall is his first, like, I am, I am a serious filmmaker movie. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and it's such a debut in that, in that zone. I don't know if anyone's really done that no. since. Like, that is a, like, there's, there, yeah, it's an absolute, like, it's a, it's a masterpiece of the 20th century, I think is the, is the way to say that one. Uh, and, uh, and in terms of like, I mean, he's already a filmmaker. He already knows how to make movies and whatnot, but like the jump between his last movie and Annie Hall is like, in a, just night and day. So, uh, I'm not even sure what his last one was before that, but it was probably something like, uh, no, he did the movie, um, take the money. No, take the money. No, it was no, um, played against him, played against and him. And he didn't direct it. Yeah. And, uh, before the one he directed was, uh, love and death, maybe I think. Yes. Um, which is good. Uh, which is funny. Uh, but, uh, Annie Hall is like an absolute through the moon rocket shot. So that's fantastic. The Absolutely. other movie we're doing, of course, is a movie that I've never seen. Um, none of us had seen. None of us had seen. So whose idea was it? Wait, was it JC's? Yeah, which is very exciting, uh, because I, I agree with you. Jeez. This is, uh, Beautiful. this is a great combo. This is a perfect combo. It was combo. a great suggestion. And the movie yeah. is The Worst Person in the World, which is a Norwegian film that came out in 2021. Yep. By Joaquin Trier. Is that, I'm not, if I'm, pronouncing any of that correctly um and i don't think that he is any he's no like i I had 
I didn't think he was related to Lars von Trier, but it was like, it, I was expecting because of the name, this is entirely idiotic. I always expected his movies to be von Trierish before I saw them. And they're not <laughs> like right. they're entirely different. And I just sort of like I had because I had not thought it through. I just thought it was in the same sort of that kind of zone of filmmaking. And it's totally I'm completely incorrect. Yeah. Happy the same. It I was a really good suggestion. They're not necessarily similar movies, but there's a lot to be to to talk about the juxtaposition of these two films. And yeah. It was yeah. really, yeah. really great. And a great film. I loved it. Yeah, uh, no, it's terrific. I will say that I think they they got you know they did a lot of shots with like an f zero point eight lens. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like exactly. The field Jesus. is like one eyes in focus. The other one is not. Like, like yeah, you can, you can shave with that. Yeah, that's the field. That was just like it was so <laughs> crazy. That was crazy. Yeah. But uh, it's beautifully done. We'll get into it. Uh, this guy has directed one of the movies I've seen, which is uh, 31st of Oslo. Uh, 31st of, I'm sorry, the Oslo, thir- no, something 31st, uh, May 31st, something like this. And it's, uh, which is a, another, it's a, a, a brilliantly made movie about uh, sort of an ex junkie character. And it's really great. And he has one of the movies that I have not seen called, um, uh, louder than bombs, which I'm told is very good. But now I'm going to start, now I'm going to watch that one. Like now I'm convinced by this guy completely. He's Jason says Von Trapp, by the way. Basically, Von Trapp, <laughs> <laughs> Lars Von Trapp. That's who we need to see. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see Lars Von Trier's version of Sound of Music. That would be amazing. He's already made an incredible musical. Yeah, yeah. Do it perfect. Right. Lars von Trapp. <laughs> it could be perfect. All right. Mm. Uh, also, Jason, I uh, just want to say thank you very much for the excellent mug. Oh, <laughs> yes. I can't see it. Unfortunately. Oh, this is uh, this is a mug he made based off another project that I'm working on. Okay. And uh, it, I thought it was uh, it was lovely, and I drink from it every morning. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're available on his website. He is welcome to post. There you go. Mm. Yes. Oh, did did he put it on our Discord? I uh, hope so. You can put it you under the sh- your shameless plugs, Jason. <laughs> shameless plugs. Yeah. No. This is this is this is one of my uh, two favorite coffee mugs. The other one being the Martini Giant coffee mug. So there we go. There you go. Mm. Um, all right. So let's get into let's get into Annie Hall. I'm I'm assuming <laughs> most people have seen this film. Right. Um, but it's not necessarily the case. I mean, that's part of the services that we provide here at Martini Giant is we will help you with the viewing of this. Yeah, that's right. You have, you have it. Yeah. yeah. What was interesting is my mind always, when I remember Annie Hall, I remember it linearly. Oh, yeah. It's totally not it's that. It's completely yeah. out of mm-hmm. – and it's completely jump cuts all the time. But somehow I reassemble it in my mind as a memory – Linearly, <laughs> which is interesting because it, it, it starts off almost at the end of the film. <laughs> right. It's, it's emotional tenet. Right. <laughs> we'll figure it out later. <laughs> yeah. It starts off with, with him, mm-hmm. with, uh, Woody Allen talking, saying, talking, saying some jokes about, you know, which, what were the opening jokes that he talks about? But the, uh, the portions are small. The Adirondack mountains are the, yeah, the, whatever yeah, the food is, is yeah. terrible and the portions are so small, right? Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. And but so he, he, he starts out talking directly to the camera. To the camera. 
That's right. right. So it's a fourth wall breaking movie uh, in many, many ways. Woody Allen. Uh, he, he breaks the fourth wall constantly. In constantly. Right. right. So he's both narrating and he's sort of commenting and he'll stop talking in the middle of scenes to talk to the camera. And nobody else in the movie is aware that this is possible. And you've seen this later in things. I mean, it's been used a lot, but like this is the first one of the first major comedies to sort of bring that Do it. out as a thing. He also interrupt. It goes to strangers on the street and continues a conversation with them that they have. They they just sort of go right into without right, right. Saying, yeah, yeah. He's perfect. He has total narrative control of how he involves everybody else in the in the sequence. Down right. to um, uh, what is it called, Dave? When he's talking to her on the porch and they have the titles, subtitles. Oh, yeah. It's the best. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Like, because it's translating what they're really saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I must sound like FM radio. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. So, yeah, there's lots of weird postmodern sort of things, tools that are used. Um, uh, deconstructionist tools. But it is uh, it is not... It is not a novel to be novel. It's not like annoyingly novel. No. Uh, it, it, everything flows together and makes it feel like how you think about, like how you sort through your own memories of things. But the thing about that, you know, watching this again, uh, when I was in, uh, undergrad, college, I used to, well, even before that, I used to listen to a stand up tape, like, Heavy rotation, like oh, yeah. all yeah. the time. Yeah. And his stand up, like all the stuff at like the Vanguard, all that stuff, it was very much storytelling mm-hmm. and it cut through in the same kind of editorial way. You know, yeah. he's like, you know, my first wife, let me, let me go back a little bit. I was married the first time. Da, 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 right. da. And then they asked because I was, she was recently accosted on the street and asked for a quote from me. I said, knowing her, it wasn't a moving violation, you know, and it was, <laughs> and, but he's like, so is the, I like to refer to my marriage as the Oxbow, Oxbow incident, but I, I need to go back. And so he's always has this and all these characters coming in and it, it's, that's his style. And it really, you know, I've seen this, all his stuff so many it's times, a, but it does after a break, you realize that's his stand-up style because he sure. does introduce all these kind of – let me go back and explain. Okay, so yeah. now I'm with this guy. He's my rabbi, and I go to my rabbi, and then, da, 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 and then I go back. And in the same way, you're going back like he, she's a classic Jew hater to the right. grandma, and she yeah. shakes oh, her God. head, and then it's just like little bits like that. That's well, his genius. And it like, – because like what the what, – what really makes it work brilliantly is that like he – like, uh, like there are, there are plenty of people who have tried to imitate this shtick, right? And, uh, and it only kind of works because they only transpose the sort of the, the storytelling aspect of it. Um, like, like bringing the stand up and just sort of doing a stand up and then editing according to the stand up, for instance. Um, but like he is also building things visually that are telling an augmenting story that uh, isn't just an example of what he is saying, but they are also adding layers to what he's saying. So he doesn't have to say that also. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like it weaves in and around and back on itself in this very, very complex, um, uh, sort of, uh, you know, it's like when you, uh, like when you make a baklava and you're so it's like folding the dough over a million times. And so it's like a zillion little layers. And, uh, and, and once it starts calling back 
onto things that you now know intimately from earlier, uh, it, like it cuts to a thing and you're like, Oh, I have a deep context for this as if it's my own memory before we even talk about it, mm-hmm. you know? And it's a really, uh, it's to do that kind of thing and also make it instantly digestible is phenomenal. Like, it's like if you're reading, like, if, you know, if you're reading a great novel, you know, like one of the great novels, you know, like you have the, the time to think things through and connect things yourself, but a movie moves at a certain speed that usually makes it difficult to get that much information together at once and make it coherent and enjoyable. And he found a way to mesh it so densely and so seamlessly that it just feels like a light comedy when actually it's as deep as anything and really phenomenal, incredible work. The one that is interesting to me that I always remember as some strong in Annie Hall where you realize the person he is or that it's, that it's not really a comedy or something going on mm-hmm. is when he's with the other girl and he's trying to get the lobsters into the pot oh, and he God, keeps making nothing. the jokes yeah. and she's like, problem? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't care. Just like, what she's like, I don't. And yeah. then she, he just looks at her, and you realize, oh, she's so fucking boring. Like you know, what I mean? <laughs> exactly. but he doesn't say anything. <laughs> like right. his, he just, it just ends, and it's like it's a beautiful scene because suddenly it's like, it's sad. Like suddenly yeah, you feel exactly. sad for him. Like exactly. when you were you just seconds ago you were laughing at his goofiness. Yeah, exactly. And you, and the thing is, like, because you feel what he's feeling right there. You're like, right, ugh. Like, you, like, you, like, you're just like, I'm on a terrible date. You know, like yeah. you just say, like, yeah, like, you're not, you're not, you're not thinking he must be feeling this. You're thinking I am feeling this. Right. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, like, he's such a, um, like, I don't, I don't know what, I wish I knew what his process was, like, tr- you know, like, putting himself in the space to make this movie. Because, like we said, it's like, how do you go from making something like Love and Death, which is basically like an SNL, you know, gag yeah. reel. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, to something like this, I, it's it's such a radical transition. Like, well, he was he was you know mimicking Bob Hope style movies, mm-hmm. and then he you know started to I think possibly maybe play it against Sam since he didn't direct, he was acting in it. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's my same act, and right. maybe he came across a thought like you know there's got to be more, and he was a serious uh, a cinephile too. So it's yeah. like, why am I acting, you know, slapsticky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. There's so, I think that's a great point. It's like there's so, suddenly so much confidence uh, in the filmmaking, like that it's not trying to like it's not tr- trying for the laugh anymore, you know. And, and his other movies are super funny, but they are they're shot so that you are focused on the joke, you know. And which is how you, sh- you know, standard comedy filmmaking, you know. It's like there's nothing really novel about how, say, Sleeper is photographed, for instance, you know. No. Um, but it's like once not he starts, at all. Yeah. Well, once it, it's like, what Conrad Hall was a Conrad Hall shot. Annie Hall. I can't remember. But like, uh, yeah, Connie Hall. I think yeah, he Connie. did that in Stardust and yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like he's really, bad, yeah. He's really working with someone to build, to, to build a movie, uh, instead of just report, report the gags. You know, it's, it's, I, I'm, I think the only thing that comes close anytime recently, I was like shocked. When I was watching, um, Severance, which I loved, which one of the best things I've seen ever on streaming, um, I didn't know it was directed by Ben Stiller. Yeah. 
And like, I like Ben Stiller's movies. Like we, we did, um, what do you call it? What's that? Um, oh. what, what, what do we cover? Uh, uh, we did, uh, 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 around the world. Walter Mitty. Yeah. yeah. And like, I thought it was like, oh, this is a very sweet movie. I like this a lot, you know, and it seems like the work of someone who's like a comedian who has learned to direct and it's good. You know, Tropic Thunder is very good and right. you know, all this kind of stuff. And then I see Severance and I'm like, where the fuck did this guy come from? Yeah. You know, it's just like, he's just like enough of the bullshit. Like let's, let's make some real stuff. And, uh, it's, it was really like, it's very fulfilling to me to see that because like, I'm so used to just like, I don't know. You just go like Zoolander. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You go from Zoolander to yeah, Severance, right? Exactly. Yeah. No, knock on Zoolander. Zoolander is hilarious. My but that's the thing, that. right? Is he can do that? He can pull yeah. off Zoolander. Yeah. 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 But yeah, this is uh, uh, this is a huge movie for me in terms of my uh, my you my my youth Yute? as a my youth as a uh, as a as a movie freak uh, when I discovered Annie Hall and um, uh, and all the rest of the movies from that that period um and it really it changed i mean for anybody like it changed my writing it changed how i look at making stuff it's a legendary legendary thing so at the beginning he's talking to camera as you mentioned and he's talking about his that he broke up with uh with annie so you immediately start with i broke up with annie and it's really sad and then he starts talking about his his youth growing up in Brooklyn. So then you would jump to the, to the earliest part when he was a child in school, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about how, how idiot, uh, how stupid all yeah, the kids Yeah, but then were. It, he's in the classroom, which breaks that whole, it's yeah, amazing. I, I know, <laughs> I know. So but I was like, so-and-so, always the wrong answer. <laughs> Three and two is seven. <laughs> I think that's like the original face palm. Like it's like oh, probably yeah, it's so good. <laughs> the like all and all those kids. I wonder where my classmates are now. Uh, like just like I used to be a heroin addict. Now I'm methadone addict. All these little kids just standing up and saying like, and this little girl with these sniffly nose and she's these big glasses and he goes, I'm into leather. It's <laughs> incredible. So good. So good. But yeah, and so like, and like, you know, like you have, like the, the kid he cast as his younger self is great. Which he also perfect. Did, yeah, like perfect. Yeah. He also did that really beautifully in, um, radio days with, uh, what's yeah. his name? Uh, um, he's now famous as an actor himself, but I can't think of it. Anyway, he's like, he, he really understands like his own sensibilities, like, right. you know, like his own, is uh, how to cast outside of himself, I guess. And, uh, and who, like who was radio days? It's Seth Green. Green Seth Green. Seth That's Green. right. Yeah. Um, I would check, but I, the only thing that works on my computer is, is this window. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, this is, I, if for anyone, if I happen to suddenly be vaporized, uh, I will be back. My computer is, uh, on thin ice. We'll see how it goes. It's, it's got enough cycles going to carry the video feed. That's, that's about where we're at. Yeah. Uh, so he's, uh, he, uh, he also has, talks about his mother mm-hmm. who is very worried about him because he stops studying <laughs> and takes him to a doctor and he explains the world's going to end. He's, he's, gonna, he's like, the universe is expanding. What does it matter? <laughs> right. Like, right. And the mother's like, Brooklyn is not expanding. What does that have to do with you? 
The universe will be expanding for millions of years. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to try to enjoy ourselves while we're here. He's like, oh, Christ. It's really You're funny. not helping. It's pretty funny. And we also learned that he, uh, they, they had lived in a house that was just below the roller coaster. Oh, it's, the, it's such a great, like these little weird mat gags and stuff like this. Just like, or just like, a, as he says, like, yeah, like I live behind below the roller coaster at Coney Island. And then you literally see it. You're right. Like, I don't think that's where you put a house, but yes, this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. But yeah, so like it, it, it flops around between his, like his actual history growing up. Yeah. So it, initially the, it starts as a flashback, which is a familiar technique to everybody, right? Sure. Um, but then it sort of tightens up its flashback loop till you're simply jumping around in recent history. Right. You know, so it introduces the idea of how the time flows by, by starting with flashbacks right. and making really, uh, like the, uh, the fourth wall breaking really sort of, uh, uh, sort of egregious and obvious in ways that teach you but, but how to read the film. Yeah. And he's controlling the flow the whole time. Right. Right. And so like by the time you get to, you know, the, the later parts of the movie, like the movie has taught you how to watch the movie. So you understand what the flow is with like, like it's, you know, like we're used to all this stuff now. Um, but it was really pretty brand new yeah. uh, when it, when it came out and, uh, it's hard to like, you know, like we've seen Ferris Bueller's day off. We've seen blah, blah, blah. Um, all of that is because of him. It's all, it's really all, at least like it was explored so thoroughly with this. Yeah, that I mean, it's, the, it's the, essentially the first time. Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Deadpool is exactly this format right. where he's jumping around all over the place and right. breaking the fourth wall yep. and doing all those things, right? And, and to compliment Deadpool, like they kept the like what I really liked about Deadpool one is that like almost the entire movie happens in the car accident or the car right. crash, and it, like it's always using that as the hub and coming back around, and that's what he essentially does with this. Right. He's like you know like the core of the movie is. I, Annie and I broke up, which is like the first line of the movie and everything comes in and out from that point. Right. And you never lose the flow because you always come back through the hub. Yes, for sure. For sure. I also want to note that was one of the things I thought was hilarious in the roller coaster is that he's in the house and the roller coaster, you can see it outside and the whole house is shaking and he's trying to eat soup, which is the the worst thing to try to eat when the whole house is shaking. <laughs> it's so good, man. <laughs> like they're just endless great gags. Everything with the family is amazing. Like the whole yeah. cast, yes, for his family. The split screen on the cast is split screen on the split screen on the cast is very good, and we'll get yep. to that yep. one as well. But yep, uh, so then we go from we from that scene, we jump to him waiting at a movie theater for Annie to show up to see a movie. Right, right. And, <laughs> and it's fucking the sorrow and the pity. pity. No, 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 Just no. It's like, not the sorrow and the pity. Yes, it is. It was. It's sorrow, yeah. sorrow and the pity. Right. And then and they so, go see and and, and <laughs> that triumph for the will, or not triumph for the will, but like uh, like something. Uh, the yes. lights. Are, He's um, waiting for her, and and she. Alvi. Uh, hey, oh. you're the guy from TV. Yeah. <laughs> These two greaseballs come by and like, I'm this is an Alvi singer. This is Alvi singer. Alvi singer right here. Where are right you? Hey, everybody. Here the cast and crew of The Godfather. Where are you? <laughs> 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 
Oh he's like, will you sign it for my wife? He's like, what's your nice one? Ralph. <laughs> That's for my brother. <laughs> That's for my brother. Oh my God. Yeah. And like, and like, and so we're introduced to Annie Hall, who is played by Dan, Dan Keaton, one of the greatest roles of all greatest. time. Yeah. Uh, and she, she won an Oscar to, for this. She won an Oscar for this. She's incredible. She's absolutely incredible. Best. Lady. This one, this one, this movie, by the way, was nominated for five Oscars and won four of them. Yeah. This, this is the a, only one that didn't win was his role as a, uh, as a uh, actor. Yeah, exactly. And really? like, the, yeah, like yeah. this, and she is so like the cat, like Diane Keaton, he was already working with her from love and death and stuff like that. Uh, right. But like she is and sleeper I, too <laughs> and sleeper and, yeah. uh, and like, like she's good in those movies, but it could sure. have been anybody in those movies. Right. Whereas like without her, you don't have a movie. In you don't, home. you don't, you don't have la di da. No, you she don't started have a whole, like yeah. style revolution too with that clothing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like really inc- just like no, one of the great, la-dee-da. great performances. La di da, la di da. And so, and so like the Karen movie was saying that yesterday to me. <laughs> la di da, la di da, la la la. Yeah. Like the, like she, like by casting her, like you fall in love with her as much as he fell in love with her. Right. And well, uh, she's, 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 she's kooky. Yeah. And yeah, like and this is a, like that's her thing. The, right. But <laughs> smart. Yes. Like, Right, because it's the like. But she doesn't is, think she's smart. She thinks she's she doesn't insecure. She's right. insecure. Very. Yeah, I mean, like, like, it's like the, the relationship, like how this plays out for everybody involved. But I that's think the same way as as our next film too. Yes, yes. she starts yes. the same way. It's, yes. it's yeah. genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, but like she is like like you get uh like the the design of the film is you come to understand Woody Allen by coming to understand her. Like, right. so she is the, see, she is the subject and he, like, or she's the topic and he is the subject essentially mm-hmm. is how that works. And, uh, and so he comes to understand himself from understanding like what, what she meant to him. And, uh, and so like initially when you first meet her, like he's in, he's annoyed and kind of gripey and being really anal retentive and she's like a free spirit and you're like, Oh, it's like a breath of fresh air. This is amazing. Right. Like, thank God, because like, you know, like he's been complaining for the first 12 minutes and now here comes this like, you know, like refreshing, uh, well, interesting, she, fun woman. She, she comes in and she's befrazzled, right? She's like, oh, she's late. Yeah, right? sure. I was right. late for therapy or something. Yeah, so, right, yeah right, she's right, late right. for therapy or something like that, right? And so he's upset. And I was like, and then they go in and it's like, how long? Uh, I can't do it. Movie started three minutes ago. Nope, can't do it. I mean, I have, to, we'll have to wait a couple hours. <laughs> we just missed the titles. They're in Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I have to watch a movie from the beginning to the end. And he's like, nope, nope. He's like, because I'm anal. Yeah, that's a polite word for what you are. <laughs> it's a, yeah. <laughs> so then he makes her go see, what's the other movie he makes to go see? Oh yeah, the documentary like, about the about yeah, the Jews. Yeah, that's the Star of the Pity. Sorry. Trials for no, Star of the Pity is the one where he goes that takes that. Like we should go see the Star because they're going to go see I think a, a Bergman movie, right? They're going to no, see no, no, it, like, it was a Fellini movie. Oh, Fellini. No, no it's, you know, they say the titles in Swedish, so I think it's a it's a oh, Bergman right, movie. You're right, you're right. Um, but the uh, but then he's like, no, let's go see the Star and the Pity, and she's like, I'm not in the mood for a three hour documentary on Nazis. <laughs> 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 it's another Star and the Pity is an amazing movie, and everyone should see it. But still, it's a good point. It's like how you want to spend a date afternoon. Well, well, we were just talking about this before, right? Like, what are the films that you're going to Saturday afternoon? Yeah, yeah like, because like someone, uh, a guy that I follow on Twitter, right? Put up a, put up, he's a question, he's a film question guy. So he's like, pick these from one of the, uh, which is your favorite from these 
seventies movies, or whatever. And he lists like whatever I forget what it was, but it's like Apocalypse Now, Dog Day Afternoon, blah 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 blah, and all these like incredible greats. And at the end, it says Moonraker, and I was like. It's Moonraker. Obviously, you're going to pick Moonraker because if it's a Saturday afternoon, and so Chris throws in, yeah, because if it's like, if it's Sophie's Choice or Overboard, you're going to watch Overboard. <laughs> like, you're not going to fucking watch that on a Saturday. It's, not, it's silly. No. Yeah. But he's, no. he keeps playing. He was being this. serious, though. Oh, yeah. No, this dude was being serious. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, and it was like, how could you pick Moonraker? I'm like, Come on. Like, are you really going to sit down and watch like, you know, grim three hour war film or are you going to watch wherever you started from in Moonraker? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> like Moonraker is, is terrible, but it's hysterical. Yeah. We did that as a watch party, which was a whole other oh Like that, my, that was one of our I, best ones. <laughs> no, it's incredible. I mean, just everyone, everyone who has not seen Moonraker, you have to see Moonraker just for the part when Richard Keel, who's like a seven foot tall, massive man, um, uh, uh, sneaks up on a guard who's like James Bond guard, totally ignorant and puts his hand around his mouth, but his hand is so big. It covers the guy's whole face. <laughs> <laughs> if you think that's fun, that's your movie. James Bond. Boom, there it is. Anyways, I agree with Annie Hall in this instance. Like, you know, come on, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so this was, this was really, really hilarious. Um, uh, also when he's in line, this is one of the classic ones. There's someone behind him oh, who's he's... giving a dissertation about. He's trying he's to impress his girlfriend. Trying no, to impress like, his girlfriend. And it's, of, and it's clearly like a student of his that the right. guy is dating, right? Right. He's like yeah. a scum, scumbag. And I he's wish like, I had a large sock in the mirror. This guy's just pontificating about, you know, something like, it's like being behind me in a film one. Like, I'm just like fucking yattering on about some nonsense. Right. And then, and Woody Allen's like, oh. God, and damn. he keeps <laughs> he keeps going uh talking about Fellini and then uh and he and, brings up Marshall McLuhan. Right? And and well first of all the first thing that, that that he does bring up Marshall McLuhan but the thing that that, that Alvy does is he's complaining to Annie about it she goes just stop listening to him just stop yeah, listening exactly. it's like how can I do, like it's just driving me nuts right it's just this guy's pontificating about bullshit right and so then he comes out this is another one he starts breaking up he walks out of line goes directly to camera and says why do i have to deal with this bullshit and the guy comes up behind is like it's like i have the right to talk too yeah he I, starts, i'll have you know i'm a i'm a media studies uh professor like you don't know anything about marshall mcclendon i know i happen to have written a book on global on on television and the arts etc etc and so i know more about marshall mcclendon's like oh really and then he, just a second, Alvy goes behind and he goes behind his poster and drags out Marshall McLuhan from from behind. Is like I was listening to what you were saying, and you know, you know nothing, nothing of my work. You're, you're a complete <laughs> idiot. <laughs> How you get to teach a class and everything is amazing. Yeah, it would be great if life was all life was like this. <laughs> it's just perfect. Yeah, it's absolutely perfect. Marshall McLuhan, but that's like Marx Brothers almost. Yes, yeah, it's, it's utterly idiotic. Totally. Yeah, yeah. It's like this hyper intellectual version of Marx Brothers stuff. And like, which essentially comes down. This is what Woody Allen's about. Generally speaking is like, he's a really, really smart guy who has, uh, who is interested in making films about these philosophical and moral challenges. And, uh, you know, like, like he has very, you know, real things to try to examine and say, but he also realizes that you can quickly go up your own ass when you talk about them. And so he keeps on mm -hmm. reminding you that, 
this stuff, you know, like life is life is real and things are silly, you know, right. and like and by by constantly slapping you in the face with that, it keeps the realizations real. As opposed to like getting all like if you've seen a movie like I don't know like Mind Walk or something like that, so like but halfway through you're just like oh my god I feel like I'm like stuck in a college dorm, you know? Uh, <laughs> what is <laughs> Mind Walk? It's it's an okay movie. It's like this very very talky intellectual like talking Ugh. about like the uh, the nature of the universe and atomic structures and stuff. I'm like it's the shit that I do on a regular basis when I'm just like bullshitting with friends and you know and they're rolling their eyes. I do exactly this thing, but uh, but you can't make a movie about that. Like it's annoying enough to have to listen to me do it. Like you want to also remember that you're here for fun. Like life is fun. Movies are good and entertaining. And he keeps, he keeps on bringing that back up. And that's like, he plugs you into, uh, being happy again over and over and over again. And he never loses, you know, he never loses the thread of what he's trying to say, but he always tries to say it correct for your own bullshit self seriousness. Yep. Really good. Uh, so after they leave <laughs> the three hour documentary about Nazis, uh, they go to, uh, they go back to his place and he's trying to have sex with her and she doesn't want to have sex. Right? right. So it's, it's their, they're fighting over having sex or not. At which point she starts to make him talk about his previous wives <laughs> and we right. start to have a flashback of his previous Wives. But the best, it, it, this is where he watches her before he, after he watches her sing, right? No. Oh, no, I think that's a little no, bit No, that's later. later. Yeah. It's hard to tell, but the movie jumps around so much, but yeah. Yes, like, that's later. You know, we are certainly at the, at the tail end of their relationship. Like it's like, uh, like when she sings, that is, well, she the sings beginning. twice, right? Yeah. She sings twice. Yeah. She sings the first time and then that's on their first date. Right. Yeah. Their first and then date, the second right. time was when, uh, Paul Simon shows up. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so the, uh, and that's, and, and of course, like these, these songs are very symbolic of where she is at in her own growth. Right. You know, and I think that that's the, like the movie is, you know, it's like you keep thinking like relationships tend towards this attitude of like, you want to keep everything good and the same. Right. Um, but if you do that, your relationship falls apart. Yeah. And, uh, and so like, there's a lot of like trying to recapture the magic stuff that mm. ends up hurting things, you know, and, uh, because you're trying to essentially connect, uh, you're trying to, you're trying to replicate an old situation rather than, uh, invite Build a, new, a one. new one. Build yeah. a new one. Right. Yeah. And so like, that's what, so the, the, you know, seems like old times here with you, the song has a couple of different meanings, uh, in the movie. You know, like the one is like, isn't it wonderful that we can have this time again? Seems like old times. Well, and it also means like we are just fucking going around in circles. This is the same old shit. You know, yeah. like we are caught in this loop. What we got here is a dead shark. All right, we we'll get to that part. Shark, yeah. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. boy. But as he does that, then she makes him reminisce about his old wives that he had. So he was married. At least twice before mm-hmm. in this film. The first person that we meet is Carol Kane, <laughs> who <amazing>. is just <laughs> the best person in the yes. world. And yeah. she's very young in this film. So yeah. she looks yeah. very cute, yeah. very yeah. cute looking. The funniest. I, Carol Kane is a hero of comedy. She's just oh. incredible. Yeah. Yes. Wasn't she in Taxi? Yes. Yes, she's in ta- Locke's wife. Yeah. She's Locke's wife in Taxi. Yeah. 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 She is also really good. As the ghost of Christmas present in Scrooge. <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> and uh, and other people may know her, of course, from uh, uh, Princess Bride. She's uh, Princess married Bride. to Billy Crystal. Yes, and, uh, with and she also plays. What's the what's the what's the uh, uh, the unbelievable Kimmy Schmidt? That one, yeah, <laughs> she's she's yeah. in that series as well as the landlady. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and oh, and I was going to throw in there. Has anyone seen uh, a movie I love that nobody else liked called uh, "The Dead Don't Die" by Jim Jarmusch? Uh, she's a zombie. Oh, and, and all oh I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's Bill Murray. I fucking love it. Yes, no. Bill Murray and Adam Driver. And it's fucking, his, this movie is hysterically funny to me. I've watched it 20 times. And she's, a, everyone's, it's a zombie movie. It's a very, it's a deadpan zombie movie. Um, and she, she plays a zombie with it. All she can say is Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's simply amazing. Chardonnay. <laughs> 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 oh my god yeah i uh i encourage people who have not seen that movie because it was so poorly reviewed to see that movie was it, it really poorly reviewed oh everyone it got shredded and then i and i put off seeing it i was like oh maybe jim jarmusch has lost his magic and i watched it i was like it's a fucking jim jarmusch movie what's wrong with everybody it's the same it's you know he's in the same you know part. that blonde is getting uh got a razzie award for worst film of the year oh it's really? fucking kills me man it yeah. kills me Kills yeah. me. What? I, I just don't understand it. Elvis is nominated for Best Picture and Blanc gets the Razzie. What world was would Blanc we living in? Was Blanc nominated at Annette? No. No, okay. for, uh, one, uh, for Best Actress, it was, it was nominated for Best Actress in the Oscars this weekend. Yeah, well, that's uh, going to go to, what's her name? Michelle. Michelle, yeah. yeah. I mean, who's awesome and it's great. But sure. like, uh, the, her- the heroic performance this year was, for me, the Armisen Blonde. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't believe they gave it a Razzie. That's pathetic. They're fucking idiots, man. That's but, a masterpiece film. Yes. It is, it is easily my favorite movie of the year. I've seen it seven times now. Absolute masterpiece. And wow, uh, that was great. It's going to be, it's just, you know, it's going to be years before people look back and go, oh, look at yeah. that. <laughs> we gave it to Elvis. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do that all the time, though. Mm-hmm. They thought that, you know, yep. Blade Runner was terribly reviewed as well. Yeah, exactly. That's what it goes. Okay. So, uh, where were we? Where were we? Oh, right. So, oh, my, uh, compu- oh, my computer is back and now I can see chat. Hello, chat. Good okay. to see you. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Carol Kane, he has a really great thing with Carol Kane where he basically realized Ben Sean, Ben Sean drawings. <laughs> Sorry. I love that line <laughs> so much. But yeah, when he's like, uh, so you're a little New York uh, left-wing upper, Jewish intellectual upper, upper, west, upper west side, side <laughs> father Sean of the Ben Sean drawings. drawings. <laughs> Just right. lists everything about her to her face. She's Thank like, yeah, you. thanks. I love being reduced to a cultural stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, and then he says, well, and he's about to go on and he's like, all right, well, say something, say something encouraging. She goes, I think you're cute. And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah. So good. So good. And so he comes to realization that he ruined that relationship, even though she was perfect for him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> because he couldn't have perfect. Yeah. Right. And we, he, doesn't she have he like sabotages a, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He just destroys things. Right. Because yeah, he, he's, it's impossible for him to have true, um, self realization right. in all of this. And I guess like ultimately, I feel like the movie is slightly hopeful in that the movie is about him making realizations about his relationship with Annie Hall. Right. Um, which he didn't really do with the, like the other, his other wives are sort of reduced to these caricatures on purpose to contrast against Annie Hall. Right. And, uh, like the failure of the relationship with Annie Hall feels like it might be the last failure to me. Hmm. Like, I, I think it, like the last time I watched it, I was like, 
I don't think this is quite as bleak a movie as I originally took it to be. Any Hall? Any Hall. No, I never took it as bleak. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a li- slightly more hopeful than, than it Oh, than no, it no, seems. no. The next movie is much more bleak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, like, no, no, the next relationship. Sorry. Sorry. No, 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 no. The next relationship, then he talks about his second wife, who is uh, an author. Uh, yes. An intellectual snob. Right? Yes. And he, all he wants to do is watch the, uh, uh, the basketball game while yeah. they're at a party. Why are you watching a bunch of pituitary cases trying to step a ball through a hoop? Yeah. <laughs> fucking people like this make me crazy. Uh, like this is the, this, this, uh, this, the, uh, this character is the, and Woody Allen has a lot of these in his movies, but this is like the, the antithesis of everything that Woody Allen believes. Right. Is like the intellectual, the intellectual superior personality. Yes. Who, uh, who reads all the right smart magazines and, you right. know, has all the correct opinions about things and mm-hmm. looks down their nose at, you know, enjoying shit. There, there are, and there are plenty of those people and they all live on Lexington Avenue. <laughs> yeah, dude. And it's at least, Park Avenue. Of, at least two thirds of Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh it's like the, she is like her, some of her lines in this are pure gold to me. Like, right. like she absolutely encapsulates this, this awful kind of person. And he's, he decides he wants to try to have sex with her for revenge on the mm-hmm. people right. while at the party. And she's like, Oh, you're disgusting. You know, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> and then he tries to have sex with her and she can't have an orgasm because of the, uh, the sirens going by. So she's constantly having problems yeah, she's sex- like- sexually. And so we also quickly figure out that Alvy's very sexually has <laughs> got a lot of sex on his brain all the time. All the time. Right. Right. Yeah. That's his, that's his main driver. <laughs> <laughs> and why wouldn't he? Oh, no, it's not here, but there's a line later. I'll bring it up later. It's a great, great line about this. I'll wait for it later. Sorry. Okay. Masturbation. No, yeah, um, dysentery. Dysentery is my favorite. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Uh, so at this point, uh, then he's back with Annie mm-hmm. and we see them, uh, just having fun together. Lots mm-hmm. of fun together. When they, they're trying to cook lobsters. Mm-hmm. They're driving, they're driving to, to basically the Hamptons is what it looks like. Is and she's right? a horrifically bad yeah. driver. <laughs> yeah. She, she is a horrifically bad driver, which we find out later because we haven't even got to when they first met yet. So that right. comes like half, like in the middle of the movie. It comes at the, like it's the, when we talk about save the cattle, it's yeah. the midpoint. It's the like, midpoint. It's the, that's the, the happy note where they're like, like it builds, it goes sad, happier, happier, happiest, unhappy, unhappier, uh, right. happier. Yeah, exactly. So, but they're, they're, they're cooking, they're trying to cook lobsters together. She's trying to take pictures. They're laughing so hard. He hates the fact that they're lobsters, that they're alive. Yep. She says, I'm not dropping a, a lobster in the, in the boiling water. That's cruel, but the, there's lobsters crawling all over the kitchen floor. And it's quite funny, put a, right? Put a and, dish yep. of butter sauce behind the fridge. <laughs> Benja, <laughs> maybe he'll chase, <laughs> chase him out. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it's so charming. And Diane Keaton is hysterically like she's like she's in on the joke, and she's like it's 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 funny as she's hell. taking and pictures like, while screaming. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. it's so it's lovely. It's absolutely lovely. And uh, and you want them to be together at that point, right? Like you're like she's fucking fantastic. This is great. Right. I see everything that he sees in her. And, and then we uh, find out how they first met, which yes. is. In, uh, they're on double date playing yeah, doubles tennis. tennis. Yeah. Doubles tennis. On, and the, he's, on the east side courts. And he's with his mm-hmm. friend. 
Who's his yeah, Tony Roberts. Who's, Tony Roberts. Tony, Tony Roberts deserves his own mention because he's amazing in this film. Yes. He was also in Played Against Sam and yeah. all these other. Yes. I love it. He's yeah. such. He's, he's fucking so hysterical. And he's also they, in Pelham One Two Three. Yes, exactly. He's the assistant to the mayor, right? And uh, he's really, really great. And they they call each other Max. They both call each other Max. (laughs) Did you? Did you? Did you hear that? Yeah. And then and then Max. He keeps talking about. He keeps talking about, yes, how everyone is anti-Semitic. Like for anything. It's like, Jew eat? You see? He said Jew. Yeah. Jew. <laughs> Jew. Exactly. Wagner, Max. Wagner. Wagner. <laughs> I know there's a hidden meaning. <laughs> it's so good. He it's also so does a great shot with him, which they, he does shot. this kind of, it was a super long shot where they're talking. <laughs> you don't even see them in the frame. You're just looking down a sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And they're talking and talking. The camera's still holy. So people are kind of walking by. And then suddenly you see them. Oh, there they are. Way, they're in the, way the hell down there. I think it's Gordon walking Willis. Towards, was yeah, it Gordon Willis that shot it? Yeah, I believe so. Gordon Willis. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. Now he did that shot. That's the Waldorf shot at the, um, Broadway Danny Rose where yeah, it's right. everything is synced up. He's like, what do you mean new management? By the time he yep. gets to in front of the camera, he lost his job. Yep. Yep. It's perfectly mapped out. You're right. Yeah. It's Gordon Wallace. Those for are sure. tricky, tricky. But the one in Annie Hall is a little more improv where the one, which is the Waldorf shot. Yeah, the really timing the, is like, your timing spot is like, on. yeah, I want to get new management. You know, yeah. I want to get new management. Yeah. P- perfectly blocked scene. And the thing is like, I, you know, I, I, I just saw, I don't know if I talked about it on air, but like I, I just saw the Fablemans, um, which I actually enjoyed quite a bit. Like I do not take the time to appreciate good blocking enough. Like, oh, but Spielberg is Spielberg king of, is is it, king of blacking. It's yeah. it's, it's just insanity. The, so yeah. the stuff that he pulls off, you're like, it's so deft. You don't even know what's happening until it happened, and you're like, wait, yeah. Do, yeah. was that over here? Yeah, like people yeah. moving in and out of the frame. It just like it's like watching. It's like it's like watching great ballet. Ballet. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, and incredible. actually, someone did a really great analysis of that on YouTube, uh, breaking down the tension and the blocking in. Um, uh, uh, Minority Report. It was oh. Minority Report has some excellent blocking. Phenomenal. Phen- yeah. I just rewatched that a few days ago, and I was just like, "This movie is like he is uh, like I, I really uh, like I, I and not to go off on the Spielberg thing, but like after watching Fablemans, it made me think through My all. Of, we always go I off did, on the way it goes, <laughs> but like I encourage people watching. It's also the Oscars weekend, so should, we should probably talk about that stuff also. Sure, but like the uh, but Fablemans really made me think through what. Uh, like, what are the threads in Spielberg's career? Which is, uh, Fiblemans wants me to do that. Um, and, uh, like, everyone thinks of his great, I mean, his greatest movies, of course, you know, Jaws, Close Encounters, et cetera, that runs flawless. Um, right. but I really almost equally prefer his, uh, post 2000 run because it's so experimental and strange. Like, the films aren't perfect. Now, it's not like Jaws. But like he is swinging, like he's swinging so hard. You know what's funny about Jaws though, as we've talked about it before, is that he never thought of it as perfect. He thought he this was a mess. Oh yeah, and, and it, it was wasn't. a nightmare to make. Oh yeah. sure, yeah. And, and but, credit has to be given to like Vernon Fields Theater. Who's like he thought his career was over after yeah. Jaws. He's like, oh, I'm going to beat them. Uh, this is, yeah, yeah, this is my last. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's get back to Annie. So they meet at uh, playing uh, tennis. Um, then uh, she comes out of the, the dressing room and they meet in the hallway and they she chats it up with him and uh, 
she seems interested in him. <laughs> and, uh, she says, Oh, uh, says, do you, she asks her, do you need a ride? She goes, Oh, do you have a car? He goes, <laughs> no, I was going to get a cab. Oh, oh, uh, I have a car. So what do you ask? Why do you ask? <laughs> why, why? It's like, well, where, maybe you can get a ride. It's like, okay, where are you going uptown? No, I'm going downtown. Oh, well then, well, I can go downtown. <laughs> so, so, it's so good. It's, it's like very video. awkward. So yeah. awkward. It's great. So yeah. great. It's the meatest, it's the, it's the cutest meat cute ever. It written. is. It's it adorable. Is. It's yeah. adorable. Yeah. And yeah. she's got like this fucking sick, like vest with a well, big this is tie what she's wearing right behind and, us. Right, right oh behind my us. God. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh my God. Absolutely yeah. fucking great. So man. she does have this really kind of funky way that she's dressing compared to everyone else, which is right. kind of part of it. She's wearing a tie. She's wearing a vest. She's got this funky weird hat, like you said. That was a and, big deal at that time. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. a breakthrough. It's a total breakthrough. And the thing is like, well, like this is like, this is, uh, Those, these kind of, are the kind of outfits that changed the fashion, right? Her, absolutely. her outfit yeah. changed yeah. fashion. Same thing with Bonnie and Clyde. Remember we talked yeah. about that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And the thing is like nowadays, like, uh, people are very quick to lay down the criticism of, uh, like, uh, manic pixie dream girl stories like there's oh it's just like oh girl that comes in this wondrous girl that comes in to save the you know to to make the hero's life better and then he's saved and she flies away and uh first of all i want to point out that that's true for rom- rom-coms period that's not just this man Mac pixie dream boys are rom-coms um but in this movie that's not what's happening because annie is equally as fucked up as he is like right. yeah like th- these are like she is like uh, funky and weird and, you know, attractive in a uh, offbeat way in your standard manic pixie dream girl ma- method. Um, but she is, uh, just as flawed, uh, completely lying to herself, uh, totally imperfect and just as searching as he is. And he is just unable to see it in himself until he sees it in her. Right. Yeah. And they, and, and realistically they see that in each other and that's why things, you know, really they end, why they end things. Right. So we also find out she's a terrible driver that's mentioned before and he's terrified in the car with her, but they finally pull, go to her place where they decide to, she offers him some wine and they go outside on the patio to talk, which is the scene that's right behind us right now. Right. And the funny thing about that is they try to talk and they do, you know, small talk, but yeah, they're trying to impress each other. They're trying to impress each other, but she is saying oh my god i think i'm, I'm so dumb right, right. <clears throat> well what i said just sounds so stupid but he's what? saying the exact same thing he's yeah. saying like oh my god i sound like fm radio yeah, right? i'm so boring and this is ridiculous they're but, both like trying to sell like they're talking about her photography right. and he's just like well of course the uh, the the medium is sort of a method of the expression of the and just like talking at his ass completely right. and all she can hear is like oh my god he thinks i'm a moron uh, you know? all she thinks is like this guy's really really smart he thinks i'm a moron on. Yeah, He's like, exactly. What the fuck am I saying? And so they're both insecure. They're both yes. insecure. They're in both different insecure. Way. Right. Exactly. And that's kind of their vulnerability, and that's right. kind of what's really interesting about it. Right. Um, so yeah, I really, you know, it's it's a it's a great great moment. But that is that's it. That's the midpoint. That's basically where they, yeah. uh, where they have, uh, where they meet. What happens after that? God, I can't remember that. I mean, it's uh, all uh, like you're getting you're getting the tour. Oh right, like, the singing. This is yes, when the singing right. starts. That's okay. When the singing starts so she right. goes, so she goes and she says, uh, they try to set up a date 
And they're like, oh, no, I can't do it on that date. I'm singing. You're singing. Can I come? And she's like, no, no, I've I've never done it before. And I'm going to go in this uh, club. And, uh. and I don't know, you know. And so he's like, no, I want to go, right? And so they go. he goes to see her. She's singing. She's singing very quietly, but she's still singing pretty well. But no one in the restaurant is paying attention to her. Dishes are slamming down. <laughs> Dishes are slamming <laughs> right. down. People are right. talking over her. Right. That's like it's not, you know, and you can barely hear her. And you just hear this like, these people moving chairs around and all this racket. And she's very upset about it. Uh, and he says, you were great. He goes, everyone hated me. You couldn't even hear me. She's very upset about it. Yes, and right. so at which point he does, as I love this line too. It's like, okay, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Why don't we kiss now? Because otherwise we're going to be waiting all night to figure out if we're going to kiss or not. We'll eat now. We'll get it over with. And then we can digest, digest our food, food better. better. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's hysterical. Yeah. It's, it's incredibly charming. And, uh, and like, and you can see like why this, like you can see why they're attracted to each other. Right. And you can also see the seeds of why this later doesn't work. Like right. it's all sort of wrapped up in the same, in the same sequence, you know? And I think that that's like, that's something that they, a lot of romance movies fail to do is like, uh, people, people in rom-coms generally act like, um, flawlessly upfront. Then they make a mistake and then things fall apart. You know, and they have to recover it. This in one scene, you're like, I totally see why they're falling for each other. And I bet these things are going to be problems. Right. You know, uh, but the thing is, the movie becomes more linear at this point, becomes much more of a, this is now we're not jumping around as much. Yeah. Now we're in the, now we're in the decline. Right. Right. And so he, they decide to move in together. He buys books for her to try and make her smarter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. It's always a good choice, guys. Always a good choice. Yeah. (laughs) It's like ordering dinner for her at the, the, at the restaurant. Don't do that. Jesus. Right. She's uh, encouraging her to take adult education classes at the university. So she becomes, you know, Uh, and and the mirror line on that is fantastic. It's like, oh, because adult education is so useful. blah, blah, blah. And then when it finds, he finds out that she, she might be sleeping with her teacher. He's like, I tell, I don't know, such a shame. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And like all the books he gives her are like books on death or things that he should be dealing with that he's basically heaping on to her. Right. You know, like she's, she is a very lighthearted person. Right. right. Um, they also end up going to meet her family. Mm-hmm. Which is great scene. Eric, I'm sure Eric is reminiscent like that. That, 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 those conversations around that table is to, to Eric and myself probably very, very familiar. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. It's like this, this, this beautiful, like, uh, split screen happening between a- Annie's parents and, and, his, his, parents. and his parents in this scene. It's incredible. But the mother, the mother is, uh, talking about going to the swap meet, right? On Saturday. Oh, she goes to swap meet on Saturday. Oh, she's (laughs) wonderful. Oh, no, so and so. Oh, and her brother is, uh, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. It's his first film, right? I think. No. Next year, Village. Yeah. There you go. It's very close though. It's very, very close that. And so like this incredible, like, uh, get me because like everyone in there, (laughs) like, uh, the, I forgot the, uh, the actors playing the, uh, her mom is very famous as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I can't think of her name, but yeah, the, uh, 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 like, 
it's the subtle gags in the scene are so like there's one that's lived with me my whole life and um i don't know if he's uh i don't know if he's in here today but uh uh todd's will know this one which is uh there's it's like a it's like a christmas dinner or whatever and uh they're having ham mm-hmm. and uh, he goes oh how's your ham alvy he goes yeah. oh it's great it's dynamite ham <laughs> <laughs> they're just like well, you're not, we're not going to pay attention to the fact that you're jewish or ask if this is okay we're just going to give you this and you better fucking act act correctly right. he's like no it's dynamite ham like, yeah fuckers <laughs> him. and then the grandmother looks the grandmother at him. looks at him and he oh, looks at him and says, look just classic jew hater over here classic jew hater at the end of the table <laughs> and then she's just looking at him just and they're rolling her eyes and then you cut back to him and he's literally in a, like a hasidic like <laughs> outfit like oh, the most jewish possible but. it's so so funny it's hysterically funny uh <laughs> and then uh and then you open up on the split screen like the split screen happens to show he said this is nothing he says like there's nothing like my family at which point the screen splits halfway and exactly both families start talking to each other over the split screen. what are you doing for passover yeah yeah we're gonna right. atone for our sins what sins are those why oh, i don't understand to be honest, neither do neither we. Do we. <laughs> exactly. And so like, like what's really great is like the, the way he integrates the, that particular form, like this kind of fourth wall breaking is super hard to do because it's easy to do the one character that can talk. Right. Um, but this, they don't break the scene. The characters who are interacting with each other just suddenly open up to each other as if they recognize they are visible and, mm-hmm. but they don't change their performance. Like they're being just as sort of dismissive and uninterested as they were with the rest of the family that they were just hanging with. Like, it's just like, blah, 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 blah. and so like they treat it as if it's absolutely real. And that's what makes it surreal. You know? Right. And like that, that he has the sort of smarts to do the only person who has done that, that well to me, uh, uh, even, like at all, but recently is uh Fleabag. Um, oh, I love that show. And her work with looking at the camera, mm-hmm. uh, the culmination of that gag is one of the most powerful emotional things I've seen on TV. Like, it's such a beautiful, then, uh, spoiler alert for what I'm about to say. Uh, the main character, Fleabag, uh, always has these little asides and looks at the camera, like, can you believe this? Whatever. And then one of the characters, this, guy this priest that he that she's fallen for like he's the sort of spiritual moral center of the show and even though the relationship hasn't worked out that much she continues to talk to him and he finally says who are you looking at when you like when you look away like that who are you looking at and then he starts looking at the camera as if he can also see what she is looking at and you start like, like, like I start getting like really like, what the fuck is happening? Like the, the show is like breaking itself yep. to get in touch with me emotionally. I was like, that's fucking gold, man. Like people use these kinds of jokes as like, uh, fourth wall breaking jokes have become so rote now that we just sort of take it for granted. Then instead of really trying to use it to get at you in some way that you didn't expect. Like it used to be novel and, uh, we've, we've let that go but until now. She has, she holds, she can get your attention just like Woody Allen yes. does. And yeah. so it's very hard. It really depends on the actor yeah. because it's, you either hit it or you don't. And yeah. she, I, I love that show. I love the scripts. I got the book on all it's the perfect. scripts. It's really a beautiful show. Great, great, and great I rarely work. get excited about shows. And, but it really takes that actress, uh, for, um, 
Phoebe she's Waller. In new, yeah. She's in a new, uh, Indiana Jones. Uh, yeah. Indiana Jones. I think she wrote it, right? Yeah. I think she at least did, uh, she co-wrote that and, uh, she's done some other stuff recently too. But, uh, mm. uh, but yeah, she's wonderful. And, uh, I, I like the director for Indiana Jones is not Spielberg. It's actually, uh, uh, what's his name? Did, uh, uh, Ford versus Ferrari and 310 to Yuma and stuff like that. So I have modest Rank, hopes for Mango. that. Mango. Mango. Yeah. Ma- uh, Copland. Uh, yeah. All that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so mangled. He, mangled. And, uh, and he's, he's very good. He handles that stuff well. And if she had something to do with the screenwriting, then that might actually be a good movie. Which would yeah. be nice. Uh, anyway, they end up leaving the house. There's a classic scene where uh, Christopher Walken talks about how he has dreams of crashing into <laughs> headlights. Oh, so good, dude. And, uh, and so it kind of, because Alvi is like, this guy's wacko. And then. I'm due back on planet Earth. Due back on planet Earth. (laughs) Back on planet Earth, Wayne. And so. I can, I can see the flames coming from the gasoline. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm due back on planet Earth. (laughs) So incredible. (laughs) At which point, uh, they said, oh, well, you have to go to the airport. It's like, no, Dwayne will, will, will drive you. And you can just see the three of them in the car. (laughs) The headlights are coming towards them. And See, Alvy's looked like oh, <laughs> rain uh, pouring on the windshield. Yeah, it's, a, it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. So that's pretty funny. Uh, and it was, uh, to kind of skip ahead a little bit because I want to yeah. make sure we get to the other one, but, sure, uh, sure. she, uh, we end up also uh, going back to her singing, right? So now she's singing. The relationship you can sense is starting to fall apart. They're fighting about sex a lot more. They're doing all kinds of random stuff. Uh, the bit when, uh, when she can't get, she can't, uh, have sex without smoking weed first. And it's just like, right. that's just what, can we stop? And like, please don't smoke before we have sex. And right. she's like, okay, yeah, fine, fine. And they start getting it on and the camera, and it's a beautiful effect shot. She too. It's comes a glass out of shot. her body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She, she, like the camera pans as she sort of the ghost, her soul steps up out of her body right. and goes and sort of sits, down. sits on a chair. Right. And it's just a, it's just a beautiful glass reflection shot. Like it's a, it's an in-camera gag, but it's, it's like perfect tracking essentially. Right. Right. And she sits down and she goes, how did they uh, do that? You put a glass. Yeah. On you the put side? a three quarter uh, glass in front of the camera and you have a actor, you have Dan Keaton. It's a reflection. Right. Uh, it's a, re- and like, she's like side lit against a black background. Yeah. It's right? kind of like what they do in haunted mansion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and then you have a double playing her in the love scene. Pepper's so you, Ghost. That's what it's called. Yeah. Pepper's, Pepper's Ghost. Ghost. Yes. And so you, you pan off of that as she gets up and goes and sits down and she goes like, uh, Alvy, have you seen my drawing pad? Like, I think what? while you guys are doing that, I'm going to do some drawing. And he, <laughs> and she says, and he looks at this like, well, this is what I call removed. And she goes, yeah. well, you have my body. What you else do you need? My body. What else do you need? And like, yeah. <laughs> wait, do we talk about, uh, Shelly, uh, Shelly Duvall? She's great. She's like, like the, the Dylan show, the Dylan show with Shelly Duvall. Which no, one she's, one? At, she's at the, uh, the, like the religious, she's all, it's like Reverend Sung Young Moon or something like this. Right. Right. Is like, and giving a big speech. And she's like taken, she's dragged. And, I think uh, they filmed it at a Dylan show. At a Dylan show. Right. And, uh, I could and she, be wrong at the And garden. she's like, hell, like people will come a thousand miles just to touch the hem of his garment because there must be an enormous hem. <laughs> 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 like so many great, like, I'm sorry it took me so long to finish. And he's like, yeah, I think I'm getting feel back my jaw now <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah it's just like a non-stop parade of hysterical uh gags in this thing yeah yeah he's always having problems with sex which is hilarious. yeah it's unbelievable although he does say has another one he's like that's the most fun i've ever had without laughing uh which is also a really good one anyway um 
Then uh, she ends up going to sing again, and this time her performance is much better in terms of the crowd and what she's singing, as you mentioned before. Yeah, she's a little more stylized and in control of it, and like uh, much the performance more is better. Yeah, much more confident. Yeah, exactly. And it's great. And so she goes to and Paul uh, Simon shows up. Yeah, she, she shows up. She, uh, hey, she's at really the bar great. with Al- <laughs> Alvy, <laughs> and he, what's what's the name? Paul Simon's character's name. He's like a. I don't know who. I don't know. Richard oh, yeah, something. Yeah. 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 But he's supposed song. to be some big music producer guy, right? Yeah. He's he's in from L.A. He's yeah. in from L.A. And he's got these these very Side L.A. Yeah. They're so L.A. Great. looking this people there. Sky or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah so, so great. So funny. Uh, and uh, <laughs> what's the, the the look that he uses a lot is the is women with very perky breasts without wearing do not wear bras, right? So it's very perky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That. Good. It was totally seventies, wasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but like uh, I love that. I love seeing Simon because Simon was in a few movies, right? He is like yeah, one trick so pony, was, and yeah, all, and so was Goldfinkel. Like our, our, at least he's in um, one with Nicholson. Yeah, he's in the one with Nicholson. He's in um, Carnal Knowledge. Carnal Knowledge. He's in Bad Timing. Uh, he's in. They're both totally awesome, and like uh, he's actually they're going to both be in Catch Twenty Two, um, but only one of them could be. I think it's like you got uh uh. It was uh, Garfunkel, and instead they cast Bob Balaban. Uh, uh, yeah, it was just—I mean—and Balaban's fucking hysterical in that movie, so I wouldn't take him out. But like, it's too bad they couldn't get the two of them uh, together for a film. It would have been great. But yeah, he is very, very funny in this thing. The real, like, subtly sleazy music producer talks to Annie Hall, just like you're really great. Here's my card. Yeah, yeah. we're we're staying at the Pierre. You should come by. We're gonna have a party. Oh, we there. had that thing. Yeah. <laughs> and Alvy's like, no, we have that thing. We can't what go. Like, yeah, what, you know, the, the thing. The thing. <laughs> he basically does not want to go with a movie, but he's trying to get her a record deal, which to her would be really a big, big thing. a big deal. And he's like, nope, we're not going yep. because the guy's hitting on you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because he's a, a selfish dick. Yes. Oh, you lost your audio. Dan? Damn this. No, no, you're back. You're back. You're back. You're Don't back. touch. Don't touch anything. There you we go. Yep, okay. So far. So, uh, so then he's, you know, yeah, he's, uh, anyway, not very, <laughs> doesn't go as well, but she ends up nonetheless going to LA, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she goes to LA at which point they break, they, they broke up at that point, right? No, no, no. It's, it's just, they're, they haven't broken up, but they're going through a tough time. And so, but they like, go to I'll a go party. There. They go to a party there, right? Yeah. And Tony Roberts, they go out for Christmas to see Tony Roberts. They go right. out to Christmas to see right. Tony Roberts. Right. And at when the, which point's like, he, one of the, his friends like, can you get me some Coke while you're in LA? It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the scene with the Coke is hilarious. Oh my God. Yeah. So do you think you can How get much some cocaine? cocaine? <laughs> $5,000 an ounce. Like a, and he's like, <laughs> I should whoop. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah and, uh, and, uh, the bit with, um, uh, uh, Max in, uh, California is amazing. Cause like he, he's driving around with Woody Allen and he's got like this <laughs> nuclear radiation suit on. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's the solar array. Plutonium. Yeah. yeah. Are we driving through plutonium? <laughs> through plutonium? <laughs> it takes out the gamma rays. California, Max. It's where it's at. <laughs> it's okay. So, but they do end up at uh, a, a party at uh, Paul Simon's house, and it is, he tries to make it as 
LA as possible. Oh, it's yeah. And, and the thing is like, I've lived in LA for 16 plus years. Yeah. I have been to this party. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is absolutely real. This is absolutely real. Not a joke. Nope. <laughs> like, no, nope. everyone's like, Oh, it's exaggerated. I'm like, that is not fucking it's and like, anything. To, it's underplayed. Trying to convince them that, you know, LA is so much better than New York. It's, it's, there's no there's crime. No crime here. It's, there's, everything's dirty in New York. And like, you know, it's funny because obviously, tables have turned a little bit but uh <laughs> exactly but well, actually the, look i just saw a report that um they were doing like the amount of homeless in los angeles is sixty-five thousand. yes and new york yeah, is like 40 something so it's not far behind right yeah, it's uh, because the homelessness went up by i think it was 13 something percent in the past two years it's yeah. really, really 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 sad it's really really, really it's bad. everywhere no. it's, but they spend no. billions a year dude Sure. No, it's, yep. I mean, it's a disaster. It is a disaster. So yeah, LA has changed a lot since this movie. Yeah. But the attitude of idiots, uh, and rich, uh, producers and having, uh, shitty parties at their house. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly the same. They have a screening room right here. You know, huh? just you know who lived movie. here before? Who? Charlie Trigger? Chaplin. <laughs> Trigger. <laughs> Trigger. <laughs> Unbelievable. Charlie Chaplin next. Uh, <laughs> and then out of nowhere, Jeff Goldblum comes out, That's gets right. on the phone. He says, I seem to have misplaced my mantra. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is Jeff Goldblum circa like Nashville was the other movie That's he was right. in at yeah. the yeah. same time. So he's like, yeah. he's thinner than he looks like he's going to in- invert in some way. He's, he's so very, skinny. very thin, tall yeah. and very yeah. thin. Yeah. And he's, so he's playing, he's like maybe a, a year short of being in, um, invasion of the body snatchers. And so he hasn't yeah. quite had the, uh, the breakthrough yet. Um, but he delivers, uh, I forgot my mantra is right on the money. I would have, yeah. I would have greenlit anything with him at that moment. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Very funny. Uh, so they go back at which point he realizes that their relationship isn't going anywhere. Has a talk with her on the plane, says, you know, our relationship is like a shark. It needs to constantly be moving forward or it, it will does. die. And I think what we got here is a dead shark. <laughs> it's a dead shark. <laughs> it's a dead shark. <laughs> like, so what's awesome about that But then that it one? cuts to, I miss Annie. I miss yeah. Annie so much. Yeah, exactly. Like, you mean, like, what's awesome about the dead shark line is that, like, it sounds like it's a setup for a really deep metaphor. And yeah. it's not. No. <laughs> it's just like, it is exactly, the metaphor is a one-to-one relationship with what he's saying. Yeah, it's gonna be, well, he's gonna get into, it's gonna be more interesting. Yeah. Like, nope, no. it's, it's a dead shark. <laughs> it's a dead shark. I think we got here is a dead shark. Yeah. Yeah. Really so funny. Uh, okay. So then, uh, I guess he tries to win her back, right? He goes back to LA to try to win her back. She, doesn't want yeah. to come, right? It's a disaster. <laughs> it's a disaster. Yeah, right. Uh, he has, yeah, he has him pick it up at the airport and he tries to talk to her about it and she, she won't do it. It was a very weird scene, uh, at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the with restaurant. The alfalfa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll have the mashed yeast. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. all that's kind of this flashback to, the Coney Island days, like the driving mm-hmm. and everything. Right. Yep. And, uh, that's kind of, goes back to him in his early, early days. Yep. And he's totally out of his element too. Yep. Like he's totally 
bear. And it's even shot that way. It's like, it's really strange vibe to the footage. Yeah. It's, it's very open and not, uh, like everything else in New York has like, it's just really open and, and drab and he seems very small. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, yeah, it's very flat, right? It's a, it's very flatly lit. Like there's the bit where these, uh, he's, uh, you know, passive aggressively driving the car and smashes into the thing, you know, like, like it really shows like he is like an angry small jerk, you know, because he's like, he won't let, uh, Annie move on because he needs what he needs, you know? And, uh, and so like it cuts back and forth. But he does that too. Pardon me in Stardust. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, yeah. it's all about me. Well, they, like, he's, he's, like, what's... Uh, he, and, he, he self-deprecating in oh, his yeah, I mean, he's all yeah. the time. Well, he's, like... Yeah, he, but here, it's like, wait a minute, you're, it's, I'm not in control. I, right. I mean, he, he definitely regrets breaking up, and he's always like that, even with M- Margaret Hemingway's, Margaret mm-hmm. Hemingway's character mm-hmm. in Stardust... It's where she's like, well, I'm going to go to Europe. What are you going to Europe for? Yeah, exactly. Why, why do you have to go away? Well, you broke up with me. It's like, ah, don't go to Europe. Right. It's like, I need this. I need you back in my life because yeah. it's not in balance. Right. I need you to be a thing for me. Right. That's is, right. Is what he's doing. And he, like, when this is, I mean, like, he's, like, he's essentially making the movie to point out that he's, like, he's like, this is what I always do. And like, when I'm in it, I can't see that I'm actually being an incredibly selfish bad person like i'm i'm hurting the other person by requiring them to be an object for me you know right and uh and so like like it's it's clear that like and the thing is like everybody has done something like this you know everyone has because you just don't like you want things to remain the same like things were good i was happy and now your fucking dreams or whatever are coming in and messing all this up well they're the person's dreams like she wants to be a fucking singer Right. Don't you know. do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then so like, obviously, I mean, the obvious nod here is like, she, like his name is Singer. <laughs> you know, and, like, right. this is what she is looking to become. And right. so the reason why she is attracted to him is because she is inspired by him in some way that is redirecting her energy and distracting her from her goals. Right. right. And, uh, once she lets go of that and moves on, like he is, he's totally lost. You know, and, uh, and he, and he just doesn't know how to react. So he tries to recreate it in a play that he writes, mm-hmm. you know, he's just like, I'm going to write a play in which it works out fine, you know, and shit like that. Right. You know, which is, a uh, exactly like how he tries to recreate the lobster, uh, sequence with the other, with the other woman. Right. You know, and it's just like, you can't just keep on repeating the shit, dude. Like you, you have to move on. She has moved on. You have to move on. You said it yourself with the shark thing. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like you can't just fucking keep on looping around in the same place. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, cause the, the original name of the screenplay, um, and the reason why she's named Annie Hall is because it's a, uh, it's a, uh, near homonym for, uh, Anadonia, right? And, uh, and, uh, he originally called the screenplay, Anado- uh, uh, which is Anadonia, which is, uh, to perpetually be unhappy. Yeah. It's a psychological state of like, I can't, I keep on recreating this, the scenarios that make me unhappy. And that's what he's lost in. Right. Um, so still holds up. Still holds up. Still holds up. And then he says, I did see Annie again, you know, many years later, we ran into each other 
in front of seeing Sarah and the Pity, she was on a date to see Sarah and the Pity. Yeah, well, right. What's interesting about that is like one of the last shots is very close to the very end of the film. Mm-hmm. The person that he's with. The date he has. The date he has is Sigourney Weaver. It's Sigourney Weaver. who's like 10 feet tall. <laughs> yes. And you only see her like this big on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't realize it was Sigourney Weaver until I saw it in the credits and I rewound it. It's like, wait, yeah, what? It's so look, funny. Yeah. And he tells the last, uh, the last joke of the whole show is just like, uh, like we keep sticking with it because yeah, like, we need the eggs. We need the eggs. Yeah. yeah. And it's the joke, like, the joke is, this is my, the guy goes to the doctor and the doctor says, well, I think my brother's crazy. He thinks he's a chicken. And it's like, well, why don't you turn him in? And he goes, I would, but I, I need the eggs. I need the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's uh, that's the sort of the joke about his own life. Yep. He takes these really corny, stupid jokes and turns them into something. Oh, it's beautiful. Meaningful. Yeah, it's really Well, that's like New York Catskills circuit kind of stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Yiddish, yeah. you know, uh, humor, which he did that circuit a lot. And he even does it in like Broadway Danny Rose mm-hmm. where he's always, you know, he shows him in the circuit doing that. But that's the kind of jokes – well, yeah, because uh, like it really wraps up the it, it beautifully wraps up what, Borscht what he, belt? the Borscht Belt, yeah, exactly, and the um uh it beautifully wraps up what he does with the movie. It's just like here's an incredibly silly joke that means something, you know, and uh and like that becomes his like for the next you know many decades exactly where he goes to in filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, stuff. I love this film. But mm-hmm. I also always like it as a point of reference of all of his other stuff because his other stuff, I mean, Hannah and her sister gets much more serious. Oh yeah. Right. Exactly. And then, and then, uh, then I also really loved, uh, Mighty Aphrodite. I thought that was yep. a really good film. Crimes Blue and Jasmine. Blue Jasmine. Yeah. Is a great film. Blue Jasmine as well. Yep. Especially uh, again with the Oscars. Kate Blanchett and uh, Blue Jasmine is really something to see, man. That's I really like Deconstructing Harry. Deconstructing Harry. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And like, he, yeah, he always marries these like very, very, very silly, um, jokes and setups and all this kind of stuff with a very hard, uh, philosophical or, uh, relationship theme that she, re- that he really wants to examine something. And, uh, and he does it so well right off the bat that like he only, like he only gets better at it as he goes. He leans more into the serious stuff. Um, he tried right after this, he tries to make a totally serious movie called interiors. Right. And that, and that's, yeah, a, that's super dark. It's ultra dark. It's basically and a dark. And he did Zelig. And he did Zelig, which is like the, uh, coming back off of that. Right. Like, cause like the, uh, people hated interiors. That was a bomb for him. It was badly. But it's the good. same actress that was the mother, right? In yes. The movie? Yes. Uh, Dan, Oh, her name is right in the tip of my tongue. Uh, but Interiors is actually a good movie. Like it is. A, yeah, it's a very, very good movie. It's beautifully shot. Acting is terrific. And wasn't if you, Archie Bunker's wife in that Carol? Um, uh, what's yes. Uh, yeah, not Carol. That's Archie Bunker. Um, yes. Uh, can't think of her. Uh, uh, Edith, Edith Bunker here. was. I can't think of it. But she's yeah, she's great. Um, and the movie is because he's trying to be serious. Everyone's like wants him to be funny. And then he swings back hard the other way and does Zelig, which is very slapstick, but I would argue also very, very deep. Like yeah. that's a very, very strange, deep movie that I, I, when I think about it now, like that may be his most currently relevant movie. Like that is a, like it's about pretending to be someone else to be accepted. 
and uh, it's visionary in how it presents that. It's really, really incredible film. Um, and then, uh, and then he makes a couple of like mid, Midsummer Night sex comedy, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and then he hits Broadway stri- Danny Rose, and then he then Broadway Danny Rose, uh, Stardust Memories, Stardust, and uh, then he hits his next big stride, which is the, um, uh, what do you call it? Hannah, uh, uh, Hannah his sisters, etc. And and uh, those are really, really. Just unbelievable works of art. And, Let's not uh, forget everything you want to know about sex, but are afraid to ask. <laughs> oh yes, uh, that was one part of his earlier and like yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's early set. That's pretty funny, maybe. Uh, but like this, this is the greatest. If you're going to watch uh, Woody Allen movies, first start with uh, Sleeper or Bananas. No, uh, take the money and run. Uh, take the money and run. Any of those, and then watch Annie Hall, and then watch anything. Yeah, like, then you I would yeah, go go to Hannah and her sisters. Yeah. And then if you want to get deeper and darker, then you can go to deconstructing Harry or something like that. Yeah. I would, like, and, and, uh, depending upon like how much your view of Woody Allen and Mia Farrow influences your opinion of these things, regardless, I would watch husbands and wives, yeah. which is directly about their conflict and they're yeah. in it. And it's very, ups- it's brilliantly made. It's also got a good, very amazing upsetting. shot. Where it's just a doorway and they're on both sides. There, there are two people on the other side and you just see an empty doorway and they keep coming in and out as they're talking to each other, but they're never in the same frame at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's an entire conversation taken just from one point of view, long shot. And someone asked him, it's like, it's brilliant filmmaking. Why did you, what did you think to do that? It's like, I just didn't want to do two shots. So I yeah, just like, did one say, shot. All the great artists <laughs> say this shit. Like, it's like the Coen brothers don't want to explain it. They're like, ah, it doesn't mean anything. Like, oh, come on, guys. It's obvious that it's saying something. <laughs> like, these right. are, like, these are statements. These are, this is a painting that you've, that you've constructed, but right. they didn't want to get into a big, you know, nonsense argument, this stuff. Yeah. And like, but it is brilliant. It is brilliant, you know, and so like yeah. the, these are those are great windows and that stuff. I feel like Annie Hall though is the greatest. Like, what what is it? Uh, what, what what's the phrase? Like, if you're gonna have like a sampler plate of everything that he does well, oh, like I, it's the it's probably yes, it's the most accessible film yeah. and the one that really was the most ground breaking mm-hmm. for him in terms of all of cinema yeah. for him. Where everything else just became trademark Woody Allen genius. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, because I, I think I think his very best made movie, period, is Manhattan. Like Manhattan is just phenomenally beautiful, and it's that's such, the one, not Stardust. Yeah, is like, one with um, Margot. Uh, that's uh, Mar- Meryl Hemingway, right? And uh, people find this movie insanely problematic these days. And if you if you're against anything like that, don't watch the movie. But if you do want to see it, it is incredibly, incredibly well made, and it's an it's a it's as much of an artistic uh, and as much of a statement about uh, art as it is about enjoying art uh, and loving uh, and really opening yourself to a, up to enjoying art. Um, and not being a pretentious douchebag, like one of his wives in Annie Hall. Um, and, uh, so I recommend that as well, but anyone's going to like Annie Hall. Like that's, that is the, that's the home run. If, uh, if you're looking for the good, the good time and the deep it's stuff it, uh, that this has it all. This is the, this is the, uh, this is the everything movie. A really, yeah. really, really great film. Okay. Uh, moving on to, uh, we'll get to, we're now going to get into the second film, which was again suggested to us, uh, by Torger and it was fantastic. Um, and, uh, we, I, none of us had seen it. 
which is uh, uh, which is nice. That's nice. Again. This is what we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a great opportunity for us to experience new things, <laughs> much like <laughs> what is discussed in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and to to sort of have it. Uh, explain it that way. Now, it does start similar to Annie Hall in the middle yeah. of the film. <laughs> it, well, it has a, a number of explicit uh, homages to Annie Hall. Like oh, absolutely. Like, it knows what it's doing. It knows what the source is. And it's not, like, trying to pretend that this is new stuff. Right. Um, but it but it does, uh, using it as a jumping off point, it does a lot of great new material that I thought was gentle and beautiful and very experimental in its own way. It was really nicely done. Yes. Uh, opening shot is on a balcony, I guess. Yeah. And okay. we, an event. Yeah. We yeah, see event. her at an, at an event. She is having a cigarette overlooking the city. Um, and, uh, this is sort of the shot behind us here. And sort of that's where it sort of all begins, um, in this film. Um, so we find out that she is, her name is Julie and she is a, uh, medical student, right? Initially. Yes. Initially. <laughs> yeah. Initially is right. It's just so she's very, very, very smart. Very smart. Yes. She's very, very smart. And this, and like now that like looking at this, uh, opening image, we talk about opening images and closing images a lot. This is a, this is a perfect example of great bookending images in this movie. Yes. Like, uh, because in, in this image, she is, uh, she, like, it's a beautiful shot. She looks beautiful. Uh, it's cinematic. Um, and she's sort of expecting something. Like, she's off to the side of a party. Yeah. But she's not in the party. She's not in the party. Right. You can tell she's an outsider or feels like an outsider. Yeah. She, so she's like, she, she's or like, she doesn't want to be there. Yeah. She exactly. there's, so be, she's yeah. separate in some way that, that even she is like, she, there's no indication as to what it is, but it feels slightly awkward and incredibly gorgeous. Right. And that uh, will come back around to what the final shot is, which I think is a perfect counterpoint. Absolutely. Um, so she's find out that she's, you know, starts off as a medical student, doesn't quite like that, goes into psychology, mm-hmm. doesn't quite connect there. Every Decide- time she's like, I finally figured it out. Now I, I know what I want to do. Yeah. And no, then no. she goes, no, <laughs> then she becomes a photographer, like right. literally, like you're going, and she was successful at all, all of yeah, those things. Yeah, exactly. Sure. But she just doesn't, you know, can't quite figure out what she wants to do in her life. But yes. that's very much also like Hannah and her sisters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With Diane Weiss character. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I need more Weiss in my life, man. She is I fucking loved great. her. She is great. She is great. Did you see, by the way, I probably brought it before, Steven Sutberg's movie for HBO called Let Them All Talk? No. Oh, it's I a good song though. Super recommend this movie. It seems like it's going to be one kind of movie. Like we got a bunch of stars on a boat and they're going to do some chatty fun improv. And then it ends up being a much different movie that was very meaningful. And the heart of that movie is Weast. Hmm. Like you're just like, she's playing sort of a light frivolous sort of sweet character. She's been in everything from like officer and a gentleman. She is. She is incredible and I can't, I and every, loved her as a kid. I was, yeah, had a crush on her. I mean, yeah. She was hot. She is, she is a terrific actor and I always just forget about her every time she's out of, but she's, you know, on the far end of the orbit. 
Like I go, I'm very, like she's out of my mind. And then she comes back and I'm like, Oh my God. Yes, that's right. She's amazing. Lost boys. Yes. Of course. Lost boys. She's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's in uh, let them all talk. She has a scene, which I'm like, this is the great scene of the year. Like, and it's all her and it's marvelous. Incredible little movie. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Did, like I'm trying to remember where I was. No, oh, I right. just wanted, yeah, just chipping on the weast. <laughs> chipping on. Yeah. She was so great. And Hannah's yeah. sisters was so cool. And she's talking to herself about like the architect. Was it architecture, right? It was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, okay. So now what happens at this point is that, um, was I? Uh, oh, she doesn't know what she needs to do, but she starts a relationship with a comic book artist. Yes. Uh, or writer artist. And he's uh, sort of an underground comics writer. So if anyone's right. familiar, especially with like 90s underground comics, like it's, they're, uh, they're very influenced by R. Crumb. Uh, yes. And, uh, so they're sort of like, they're jokey, but dirty. And like, they have like very dark, unpolitically correct, un PC, right. uh, you know, or, or, like, like there's a, and it's centering on a cat, right? Who is, uh, he is a, he's a feral cat, right? When all the other cats are normal and he's a feral cat. And like, uh, and specifically, like, it's a kind of comic where you can see, like, the, he makes sure that you see the cat's asshole every single right. frame, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So it's a gritty pu boundary pushing kind of, uh, uh, jokey comic rag. Right. But he's a very sweet guy. But he's a nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Very nice guy. And she starts a relationship with him. They're doing pretty well. Then he decides to go visit, to take her up to visit her family, his family. His family. Mm -hmm. His family, right? And that house was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Very, very Scandinavian. This, uh, this movie is really lovely looking. Yeah. You know, the thing that I always look at things, and I always look at the lighting of things and try to think of the ge geography, right? Because mm -hmm. the, the lighting in places changes so much, right? Yeah. And and so I remember the for lighting example, is beautiful. Though. Yeah. Do you ever see Garden State? Remember Garden State? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the equipment. Yeah. So Garden State. What I always liked about that is that it starts off in Los Angeles and it's got that very hard Los Angeles lighting, like mm -hmm. very bright, mm -hmm. right? And then they go to New Jersey and it's very cloudy. Yeah, it's gray <laughs> and flat. Yes, right. And true. so the lighting changes <laughs> so drastically where you sense the difference between Los Angeles and, yes. and, and New Jersey. Yep. Um, and so it was really drastic. Now in this one, it's very typical of, you know, t you know, Norway, high, high, you know, very Northern uh, places because it's like magic hour all the time. All the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? It's either it's, that or it's nighttime. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's always like this lighting, like you see here. It's just constantly yeah. like, yeah. it's but, so stunning. It's a, I stunning, remember, I remember incredible landscape. I remember specifically like Eric Barba when they went to Iceland to film a bunch of stuff for, for uh, Oblivion. He goes, it's the best. It's like magic hour for like five hours. <laughs> yeah. It's unreal, man. It's so, yeah. it's so pretty. And like the, uh, the exposure on the film, like it has this very, you brought it up before. It's like it has, uh, real control over its depth of field. It has, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, it has a really, the, the color control in the, grays like where the fall off happens yeah. is so gentle but it's so affects the scene so deeply the color uh timing in the movie is 
is that ra- is outlandish. Very, right. very. It's like it really changes your mood in very subtle ways. The way that this uh, film was was color controlled. Well, the, like I said, the, the, like with the depth of field, it's the character is whoever's talking is the only thing in focus. Everything else yeah. is drastically out of focus. So right. it becomes very centered around that that person right. and everything else is blur which is very much the like that is what the movie is about the right? the the movie is about is that is that my dog that's think, my dog it's my dog <laughs> you tell your dog to that's shut my beard up. yes sorry that's a, uh, a the 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 it's it's really about uh uh their their egos right yes their egos are she is very narcissistic. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> and so when that focus is so sh- sharp on her, it's about, about her narcissism and about what that's going right. on there. And, uh, and I just want to take a moment because like, I love the movie and as I will often do, I like, I Googled it because I didn't really know very much about it. And I Googled yeah. it to see, you know, like read other reviews and see what other people like. Generally people really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read the New Yorker's review of this and the New, Yorker's, <laughs> the New Yorker's review was like, this movie is a sham and it's blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and I was, and I was reminded how, uh, how sad I am that the New Yorker used to be a thoughtful, inquisitive, good magazine. And now it's garbage. <laughs> like, I was just like, this, this review is garbage. This is like a really fancy version. This is an well, intellectual, intellectualized version of a really cool what news was review. reasoning. Why? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, like, so it's because they're like, uh, it, like this, this performance is wonderful, but this character is so narcissistic. I'm like, that's the point. That's the fucking point of the movie, you idiots. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I go so instantly mad. I was like, when did you stop watching films? No, yeah. everyone <laughs> has to be good. I was just like, and a role model for us. It blew my mind. Why is that? I, I don't, don't know. Understand. I don't know. It's, it's radical to me. I was just like, why can't you see what the movie is trying to do and say and watch the journey of what is happening for this person and how it may relate to you, you narcissistic douchebag. <laughs> like, I was just like, how do you watch this movie? It's like, that's like watching a movie. Like, I hate this movie where everybody's on fire all the time. Cut to the reviewer. They're on fire. Like, right. yeah, it's reminding me about something I hate. I can't put my fucking finger on it. Oh, it's I'm right. on fire also. Right. Yeah. Like, this is the, I, it's like, the, I the, mean, so just quickly, it, he said it was a sham of a movie. It's a sham. It's a sham. Like that's the title. First of all, it's the title of the review, which is classless. But I'm just like, this is a. It was like, a really deep thought of. There's no way you can say that's a sham. I like because I mean, the thing is, like when I, you know, I hate to bring up the ghost of Pauline Kael, but when Pauline Kael was writing for the New Yorker, she would also shred movies. But yeah. I would read the, her reviews because she would actually try to think through what the movie meant to her, for real. Like she wasn't reactive. She's like. I didn't enjoy this and I want to explore why. And sometimes she could be really harsh and sometimes she makes mean jokes. But like the idea behind her writing was to want to love a film. And sometimes she couldn't. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. But, uh, uh, this, this charmless yo-yo, I've read a ton of his reviews. He might be a nice guy in real life. I'm sorry to slam on him so bad. But his, his view is representative of what the New Yorker has become, which is a shallow, reactive mess and uh and this movie the i i it made me love the movie more i was just like we really do need movie, a movie like this yeah because, we said the same thing about blonde and that's yeah. the same thing you yeah know? yeah i can't believe 
Blonde was such a deep and beautiful movie. Yeah. I can't believe somebody would give it a razzle or whatever. Oh, I mean, that's, the, that's the craziest shit in the world. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's just embarrassing. It's okay not to like the movie. That's okay. It's a hard movie, man. Like, I understand why people, uh, why it upsets people. I understand why people don't enjoy it and, uh, and why people would want to watch it. But the Razzie, I'm just like, fuck you guys. <laughs> like, you are anti, you're like, you're not about enjoying movies. You're about like, you know, jerking off and that's pretty much it like like shallow shallow assholes that's all i can say like that's it. it's embarrassing like once you give like once you nominate shelly duvall for razzie for the shining like you're not on you're not sitting off a good track record yeah what yeah that's that's this is this is who these schmoes are it's embarrassing it's embarrassing like it's okay don't like a movie that's okay but i mean like bad like preening and and, you know, congratulating yourself for being above it all. That's like Woody Allen's ex-wife. That's what I was, I was going to say. It's exactly like Woody Allen's ex-wife is like, like oh, oh my God. A bunch of chocolateites. Yeah. Throwing a basketball around. Yeah. That's the kind of, but that nonsense. does bring up an interesting thing. I watched something with Nancy, my wife last night, and it was the documentary. It's just a doc, but it was well, well made on hmm. MH70 or whatever, the plane that disappeared. Oh, I heard that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a reporter in there and he starts off as a really thought out, uh, thoughtful reporter on aviation. And then by the time the show continues, he talks about one of the articles he wrote with his theory that it was hijacked and it went to Kazakhstan. I mean, it's so like far fetched. Like what are you trying? That's, compl- I mean, how could you believe that? And it right. just seems like journalism, like he's just trying to get a, a gig in Hollywood. I mean, it was so far-fetched, the theory, that it was absurd. And it's like, sure. and sure. he even admits it. It's, well, it was kind of absurd, but I wanted everybody's attention. Yeah. Like, and it's yeah. like, what? So <laughs> like, you write something is, is stupid because there's people who died. It's slanderous to their family. Right. Well, it's like the, the problem I have isn't that like, I mean, it's like, for instance, like I, I, uh, we, when we did, uh, the lost, was it Jurassic World, the Dominion? Great film. Yeah, like, we did that for a watch party. That, that would upset that, you. That one that upset is a, you. That's a terrible film. It's a terrible film. Um, however, <laughs> like, like, are you going to blame I, people for not, for like, no, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Pauline <laughs> Kale position. I can explain why this makes me mad. Like, I can explain why I'm, why I feel the way I feel about the movie. Like, I'm not mad because say whatever, like, I don't like Laura Dern's politics. So this movie is bad. Like, that's not the fuck. What are you talking about? You know, then that's what this guy is doing in his review, you know, and he's, he's like, I have very, I have a very narrow window of what I want movies to do, which is to describe me and congratulate me for being myself. And that's the only kind of movie I'm going to watch. And that's the only kind of movie I'm going to congratulate is something that congratulates me. And I'm just like, you're useless at your job. Like you can shred it, shred it, you know, but, Actually try to think outside of yourself in why you do not like it. Like that's your responsibility as a reviewer. Uh, and to be so dismissive just as like, as artists, I think that that's the kind of stuff that we should kick back against. Not against getting bad reviews, but against like this lazy, uh, hyper intellectualism that is just trying to create an ego machine. Like that's for, that's for the, that's for the birds. I know that's. That's kind of one of the biggest reasons why we have the political situation we are in now. Yes. It's because people have been 
tired of being looked down upon. Yeah, this is like, <laughs> like, and, and you only make things worse for yourself when you treat other people like this. Right. Like it just makes, it's not like you're trying to heal people. <laughs> like, yeah, like try to take, try to take things for what they're attempting to do. Not, yeah. you know, not the other just, way around. We, <laughs> Hillary Clinton lost the election when she called people deplorable. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Like that's the, like, this is <laughs> that's a, it. You like, lost. Yeah. Like, like uh, this is the, like once you, <laughs> once you offer up that as your perception, you're no longer trying to, mend things, help people or build bridges towards helping them understand a better world. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and it's like, and when you're looking at art, like if you're looking at blonde, like look at blonde and say, what is it like, as this is written by a known feminist, Joyce Carol, Carol Oates, you know, uh, and as this is in the extraordinary hard work of Anadarmus, like you can throw the dude director at the window. That's fine. Like just if it's from them, if it upsets you, why did they make it? Ask the question and try to figure it out. Like they may have failed at it. They may have blown it. They may have, um, over, you know, overstepped what they were trying to do. They may be not communicating it very well. And that's all totally fair game, but like, uh, shutting it off and telling people they're bad people because they enjoyed something is moronic. Yeah. It was a beautiful, it wasn't a hack film, dude. It's a beautiful exactly. film. Exactly. So fuck you, Razzies. It's my, it's my ultimate take on that. Like this that film the, did get nominated for an Oscar as well. Best original screenplay. There um, you go. So this is a wonderful was, film. Was, okay. Now, uh, where was it? She's at the house, the sort of vacation house or weekend house with his family. Um, there's several things. There's a lot of, Hanging out and, you know, drinking wine and watching things. But there's a couple of key things that happen that I think are interesting here. One is there's a family and they have kids. And one of the kids has a little tantrum. A younger kid has a little tantrum and there's this whole thing. And he's, her witnessing this goes like, no. <laughs> right? Right. Then right. uh, he says, I would love to have kids. And she's like, nope, <laughs> I don't want to have kids. Right. Right. So right. the first for part of like, hmm, this relationship, that is, that is a key thing that people need to, uh, uh, do. Yeah, like that have to be common ground there. You can't sort of have a relationship where that's not working. Um, so that's and one it, of, and I, I just want to say like at this point in the movie, I was enjoying it, but I, I, I imagined it was going to be, here is a sequence of of relationships with various people that she experiences. No. But uh, going back on it, this whole opening scene with that guy is the setup for the literally the entire film. And right. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand that when I was first watching it. It's really beautifully observed. Yeah, and there's a lot of things that are going on here. A lot of sort of conflicts that are happening. Right. She's trying to still. He's significantly older than her, fifteen years older. Right. Mm, yeah. So they're having more mm, adult Timing issues. Yeah. Like adult I'm ready thing. to do it. Right. But she still has to live her life. But the problem is she doesn't know what she wants to do with her life. She doesn't know what she wants to do. And right. she's still younger. So she still wants to like drink more wine and start dancing. Yes. Right. <laughs> right? And they're like, let's just chill out and talk, you know? And there's some conflict there. You can tell the characters, the, the, it's not quite. Yeah, they're just in different times of their life. Different man. times of their yeah, lives. That's right? just where it goes. And so it was very interesting to sort of 
have that that sort of juxtaposition there that happens. Right. right. And like uh, the uh, you know the, 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 like lifting up the uh, the woman and she smashes her head on the light bulb, like that little scene. And like the the way that everyone reacts to these things, that was just like these right. are like everyone's been in these moments, and you're like like what do we do about this? Cause you know, like, it's like, what do you do when the, when you have like the super screaming child and the parents not really like interacting in a, in a positive way about this and like, well, like all this kind of stuff where you're like, you're just seeing other people's lives as like an ongoing disaster. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, Oh disaster. my God. Yeah. Next exactly. Warning they made up. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Right. But it makes you like, it makes you think I, that you have to act to avoid these things. Right. right. When people are actually embracing their life, you know, and that's why they end up in, you know, uh, awkward moments and, uh, you know, kids are screaming and all this kind of jazz. Like all you're seeing, all she is seeing in the moment is like, what a terrible choice to have children. Right. Yeah. Like this well, is what, yeah, what she's just young. She's she just, yeah. Because when you are, when you are 23 years old, you are a narcissist. Yeah. This is true. For everyone, it's the way your brain's working right then. It's true for me. It's true for everybody. And it's hard not to think of anybody but yourself at that time. That's just what's going on. And you're going to see that. You're going to only see through that lens at everybody else. And the movie is very, both very specific about doing that in a physical way with its lenses. Yeah. Uh, and it's very, um, it's very thoughtful and understanding about that because it knows that that's not a permanent state of affairs. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but here's the thing, knowing <clears throat> that sh- it's not like, <clears throat> pardon me, sorry, Chris, um, knowing that, you know, there are films where the character or female character makes a choice and you look at her backstory when you see the fact that she was in medical school mm-hmm. and, and she gave everything up, there's a more severity to it. I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yep. The, and it really affects your judgment of her mm-hmm. almost to the very end. Like, you know, grow up. Absolutely. Yeah. In like a different just, way than right. if it was a, some girl that's, you know, husband died or, you know, she was dating a guy and he killed in a bike accident. Yeah, sure. Or something. Right, right, right. And, I, I, and she worked, but she goes from a medical school to, I'm not saying these are bad choices, but she goes from medical school to working in a bookstore. And then she has the audacity to tell, you know, the guy that she was dating later in the movie, like, Oh, do something with your life. It's like, yeah, yeah. that was that it, I was actually going to bring that up, Eric, because one thing that it was, I found interesting in this is that everyone, there's a lot in the United States. Those people would never date. Right. But I true. think in Norway, they would. Mm-hmm. Because I have a feeling that in Norway, you know, their class system is very different. They have a much more socialist uh, mm-hmm. attitude, right? So there's there is being a barista and being a doctor are not necessarily incompatible. <laughs> oh right? yeah, it's true. But like, well, I guess what, like I understand what Eric's saying, which is just sort of like she's Your making perception these- is so different of her. She's- than- Right, like, character. Right, right, because like she's making these these choices of just like like we go like that's a big thing to give up on. Like you're completely right. invested in this, and how seriously can I take you if you make if you if you t- change the channel out of that and into something else, and then into something else, and then you're ending up at a bookstore. You're like, what? Where's your brain at? Like what's happening? And like I think right. it's a great example, Eric, of like the like uh in most American films would uh like the sad death of the boyfriend, kind of whatever it is. And, make it, and yeah. she would she wouldn't 
because you because she had the skill to propel herself higher. Right. Uh, and I'm not belittling any job, but it's hard to get into medical school. So, and then she wants to go study psychology. To give that up and be confused, it's like you there, look it's at a hard her stage. different. You're like you're you're uh, ungrateful. Yeah, well, it's a high stakes choice, right? And and she seems to be making these things like initially you're like yeah, and you can see it in the mom's face. The mom's like, okay, if that's what you really want, which is the appropriate response, you know. And then the second time it happens, she's like, okay. <laughs> you know, like just like, right. uh, I, I think that you are not, you're making choices before understanding your center. Right. right? And, uh, and, and like in American, American films, they externalize the fault, you right. know, like they, they kill the, they kill the husband and then, oh, I'm lost. And what should I do? And find myself And in this, like, it's just like, well, when you're young, you're kind of fucked up and you don't know how to establish yourself or know who you are yet. And they just let that be true. Uh, which is extremely unusual for most Western film. Yes. You know, and that's what, that's what makes this interesting. And it also like, as you're saying, it's like the feelings I have about her. I'm just like, it makes me like a little judgy about her, even though I've done this, you know, I've done this very same thing. I didn't go to medical school, but I've certainly acted exactly like this. Like it makes you go, Oh, uh, until the point you're like, oh, I don't know if I can trust her choices. Yeah, that's I, right. I, she I, reminded me of a girl I dated for a while in my twenties, and I was watching it like, oh Christ, not her. <laughs> it was like, it was just like, are you kidding me? I've yeah. been through this. Run, yes. run, and never look over your shoulder because it will slow you down. Yeah, yeah. But the movie is about essentially finding empathy for her, and as that happens, she discovers herself. And so it uses the mechanism of my empathy to stand in for her self-discovery, which is really beautiful writing. Like that's a beautiful. It was a really beautiful film. Yeah. And, uh, I, the recommendation was great. I really loved it. And yeah. I would probably watch it again. Yeah. I would. Absolutely. It is, by the way, uh, if you live in the United States, it's available free on Canopy. Uh, it's great. Oh, yeah. I got to join Canopy. I had to pay for the damn yep. thing. Well, um, got to save you some money. And, uh, oh, and also, Can I, would, I invoice you? Nope. <laughs> uh, the, and I would also just on, on the side, I would pair this with a movie called, that I loved called The Souvenir, um, which is a really, really elegant movie about the same period of life. Uh, that's sort of an autobiographical sketch of this woman becoming a director. And, uh, it's extraordinary. And it stars, uh, I forgot the woman's name. She's great. And, she, her boyfriend in the movie is the guy who played Wells in Mank. And, uh, it was the first thing I'd seen him in. He was really, really great. So if you, if you end up liking this movie, check out the souvenir. It's and really, it reminded really, me of really a movie, great. uh, that I <clears throat> saw years ago, Mrs. Mulray, years Mrs. ago. Um, and it's, I think it's called XY or XYYZ. It's Mark Ruffalo's film. He was, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that good? I didn't see uh, that. That's a great, and he, he shot it, no joke, at the college where that girl I was just mentioning went to. And it was mm. like, oh my God, does this bring back? And it's <laughs> literally, right. but that, that's another great film. Mm-hmm. And it deals with the exact same type of character. I love it. I love and Ruffalo. It, anyway. I, I fell in love with him on that film. I thought, I was like, who is this guy? He's so good. Yeah. X, Y, or I'll dig it up and send it to you right now. Yeah. I know it would also been a good, an interesting pairing with this would have been Chasing Amy. 
could have been. Oh, yeah, yeah I, 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 wanna, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I liked it when I saw it. It's one of the, uh, like, I love Kevin Smith as a person and as a uh, personality. I think he's really charming and tells great stories. Uh, I generally don't like his movies very much until recently I loved his horror movies. Uh, I don't know. I kind of like Dogma. Uh, oh yeah, Dogma's pretty good. Dogma's pretty good. Uh, I like I like his movies, but I like I. I Clerks up, is okay. Yeah, Clerks. Sorry, right. like uh, like the movie. However, the movie here's if you want to not trust my taste ever again, I absolutely encourage you to see Tusk. Tusk by Kevin Smith is absolute genius, tremendously enjoyable uh, body horror film, and it's both funny and very weirdly upsetting. Uh, it's terrific. I don't even want to tell you what it's about. Tusk. Great film. Nobody will agree with me on this. Great film. All right. All right. Let's see. Uh, so this setup is we know we, we were, we've already established that there's some personality conflicts going on. I don't know what's happening. It's called Jeez. XXYY. Guys. XXYY. Yes. Yeah. I and let's just sent it to everybody in the link. I did not know that it was a Ruffalo joint. I will definitely check that out. I it's love really good. Austin Chick, sorry, Chris. Mm-hmm. Maya Strange is in it, Chris. And where did you where did you put it? Did you put it in the Martini Giant Twitch? Oh, 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 yeah. Okay, there you go. Perfect. But but it's him. Mark Ruffalo, Maya Strange, Kathleen Robertson, Cal O'Neill, and Ben Topin. X, but it was X, dr- X, y. Austin Chick directed it. I love. I like this. I love this film. It was great I'm going to check it out. That sounds really good. That's awesome. If it, if it pairs well with this one, I'm, I'm in. I really, really love this film. This is a really good movie. This is a better shot film though. I'm not gonna, it's, I'm not it's gonna just miss. Great. It's just that, like, I, I've only seen, like I said, I've only seen one of this movie, uh, one movie by this 2002 guy. that came yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty old. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what I told you. Yeah. Yeah. Ruffalo, man, like, I'm super happy that he, uh, gets to buy 20 houses with his Hulk money, I'm sure. Um, really? Oh, but God. I, I miss, I miss Ruffalo as an actor. Being in, we should write a folk song. But he's done. He's, he's done. He's, he still works. He still does wonderful stuff. He is a marvelous actor. Zodiac, incredible, incredible actor. Uh, yeah, uh, you can count on me. But he did a movie recently that was pretty. He did good. the HBO movie where he plays twins, which I haven't seen, but I hear he's very good in. I gotta see that. Um, uh, uh Collateral. It's Spotlight. The, yeah, moment the, we met. Uh, the moment we met. The moment we met. Right? Uh, let's see. How do we end up on the Mark Ruffalo? Because of Eric's, Eric's recommendation. Mark Ruffalo is fantastic. I love that dude. Reservation Roads. Don't be a hater, Chris. No, I'm not being a hater. Don't hate. Uh, the Adam Project. I don't know if that's in here. He's in the Adam Project? Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. I'll check that out. That's the Netflix. Yeah. Um, sci-fi. I'm trying Tra- to think of something that I was like, I know he was in something else that I can't remember. Anyway. Yeah. He was also great in Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, okay. Back to where were we? Back to the worst person in the world. Uh, so she, in the relationship, she decides she <laughs> yet do another thing. She wants to start writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And Hello, Annie Hall. Yeah. yeah exactly. Hello, Diane Weist. Yes. 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 So then she starts writing and she writes a short story, uh, about feminism and oral sex, mm-hmm. uh, and shows it to Axel, who's very impressed by it mm-hmm. and tries to encourage her to 
Right. Woody Allen. Right. Woody yep. Allen, right? Yep. <laughs> and, and another uh, great uh, example of how, say, Norwegian um, uh, social mores are uh, versus American ones. Like, everyone in her family is very into this thing and says it's really great. Right. And I'm just like, <laughs> this is not something in America that anyone would write or talk about. <laughs> no. No. This is definitely uh the way she takes on this topic and what she says is not not uh not for public consumption or family consumption. And right. Yeah. People would not be okay with that. Uh she also starts to uh she's celebrating her thirtieth birthday or something like there that. There it is, yeah. Right. And at her mom's house, her parents are divorced. You start to see the dysfunction in the family, which is where, you know, what kind of starts to reveal how she became the person. She yeah, how she became. feels about love and marriage and kids and things like that. It could and become Karen, pretty clear. Right. Yeah, right. 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 And especially her dad. Her dad who makes absolutely no effort at to, all to be or connect with her at all. Like makes them for bus her in from wherever to like, it just like, well, I can't really be out there for your birthday because of pain pills I take and I can't really yeah. drive. Uh, and you're just like, you fucking dick. It's her 30th yeah. birthday. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he finds out that she missed something because he went to the other kids soccer game or something like that. Yes. Did you notice that the jackets were the same? Yeah. The jackets, the same jacket was such a great touch. Such a great touch. This, yeah, the, uh, it's like, Oh, I got you this jacket. Oh, thanks so much. That's wonderful. Like, sister walks in with the same jacket. Right. <laughs> it's like, that's hysterical. I love that the joke is right on top of it. Like right. there's no, yeah. there's, there's no delay. It's an instant payoff. It's hysterical. Yeah. 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 It was quite, uh, quite interesting. So that, that whole thing about her and her parents and, 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 uh, her half sister is just, just starting to reveal the, dysfunction that she's been managing uh in that in that whole situation. And I think at this point now we are um close to being at the at the the point where we started the movie. So she goes to an event which is a book signing for him. A book Her, signing for yeah. him, right? Yes. Yeah. And so it's for it's about him. Mm-hmm. And so she is outside smoking a cigarette and doesn't really want to be there because it's not dealing with her problems. Yeah, it's about him. So it's about him. She hates it. She hates it. <laughs> right. Uh, and now I should, we should know that her, her selfishness is not as obviously like in an American film, you would make it, make sure you make know that she was selfish. Yeah. She'd be a bitch and, about it. Yeah. yeah. She's, that, it it's not that way like, at all. No. Bridesmaids, it would just be like she's this tough lesson to learn and she tries to cook right. b- bake. She's I a very likable character, right? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, good. Okay. But no, intelligent, mm-hmm. but, but faulty. Yes, exactly. But you like her in the same way you liked Diane Keaton. Exactly. Like the, actually the, the American film that this is most like. Yeah, but uh, Diane Keaton is not selfish like her. So, so she is Woody Allen in this situation. Yes. Very much. She so. is, yes. but there's still a lost quality. Mm-hmm. A char- lost but charming and lost. Absolutely. She's like, and, she's not unlikable. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think this is where I to go easier on that New Yorker reviewer. Uh, like it's like, it is a subtler because the, 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 per, the performance, the actor is terrific. And she makes this character who in any other, in any other weaker version of this movie would be irritating. Um, 
she makes her very, very lovable, even though all of her choices are quite selfish and narcissistic. And you're just like, ah, like you just made, it makes you want to root for her even when she's doing things that. Oh, and you're about to see a situation that's going to make you really kind of like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so like the, like the, this, the subtlety of it is something that you don't usually see in Hollywood movies. Like usually Hollywood movies are very, uh, didactic about explaining you should not approve of what this person is doing. And this, it just sort of like lets it ride and like uh, trusts the audience that you will pick up on this. You'll see. Cause and, there's a lesson at the end, which everybody. Yeah. Agrees. Like we're all going to end up on the same page, you know? Um, right. And cause, and it's just, but you, but if you run up against this in your own life, it's, these are things you have to be sensitive towards. Like, and she's not being sensitive. That's something you have to discover. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, she ends up, uh, she ends up leaving the party, uh, and walks home. And while she's walking home, she notices a wedding party that's happening in a house. Right. And she crashes it mm-hmm. as if she was belonging. It was a pretty clever way of crashing the party. Yeah. Yeah. But she also looked the part. It wasn't like, Oh, she she just, yeah, because she was already she dressed, dressed up for the other thing. Right? She wasn't dressed up right. for the one thing. So she yeah. just looks like, she looks well, and like, and like, cause like, it's when she's at the, uh, when she's at the, uh, book but that signing shooting event. was beautiful. That night shot. When oh, she's gorgeous. walking. Yeah. Was oh, real, sorry to interrupt. Dan. No, 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 it's fine. It's I good. Yeah, it's the, it's the, time, the constant magic hour of Norway. It's beautiful. And like the, and cause when she's at the book signing, it feels very much the same sort of, she has the same sort of, uh, impatience. That she does at the, uh, the part, the, um, the getaway, the, the birthday party, um, sequence, uh, where like all the other people are talking about kids and blah, blah, blah. Like she's like, she feels like disinterested and out of place, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, which is totally appropriate to where she's at, you know, age wise. And then she sees down the street this party, which is like a bunch of random people drinking and having fun. She plugs right into it. Like that makes a lot of sense to her. Right. But I think she also doesn't want to care. She doesn't care about, she doesn't know anyone there. Yeah. So by not knowing anyone there, then it's about her crashing the party and her thinking that's cool. It's about, about her experience. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But she's also a little bit, she, when she's talking to the women about children, it's like she's being a prankster and that's a different yeah. side to her. Like you're like, yeah, she's, she's being a fucking jerk to this one woman who's like, yeah, got kids. Oh, right, so right. Yeah, she's just you like, cuddle your kids. She's like, yes, like they're going to become drug addicts. And that's what happens. What you, I'm, a, I'm a doctor and I know. Yeah, exactly. I'm a doctor. Right. And she's just sort of casually having fun. Like, I mean, at the expense of this person, you know, like and, sure. and that, that person's enjoyment of the evening, but like that's, she's just fucking around. You know, and then she meets, um, uh, Divik or Divik? Uh, yeah, in a Norwegian, um, Adam Driver. <laughs> he is a Norwegian <laughs> Adam Driver. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Norwegian Adam Driver shows up. He's, he's a little oofy. Yeah, a little oofish. Uh, uh, but slightly, handsome but strange. Yeah. Handsome but strange. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and sees, uh, they're, they're chatting. And she reveals to him that she doesn't, she crashed a party. And so they, he's like, Oh, that's kind of fun and entertaining. And so they're chatting some more. They both reveal that they're both in relationships. And so therefore, you know, they can't really cheat, cheat. And so they define what is cheating. 
And the minute you start asking that question, then you're, yeah. you're already cheating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like they, so they start testing the boundaries. Like, is this cheating? Is this cheating? And moving right. closer and sharing wine and blah, 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 blah. Right. They go to the bathroom. That was another one. That's yeah. a very intimate thing, right? Like great pee, scene. Great peeing scene. Peeing in front of each other. Is I this love cheating? Scene. <laughs> great scene. Well, like, and it's also like there's, well, in this, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. In the same way, it was to me, it was just like Woody Allen Stopper said, let's just kiss now. Yes. That way it takes the pressure off. Right. right. Well, in like, cause it, it gets to this very intimate place quickly, but it's not intimate in a way that they can say is, crossing a line uh in some other emotional territory right? right uh and but it's also linked up to like one of the things I, I found really charming about this movie is that it's relatively sexually explicit uh without being judgmental and it remains charming regardless like as if everyone in the world had sex yeah which is nice <laughs> as opposed to being like, they're having sex and it's kind of like dirty or creepy. And just like, no, it's but there was a naturalism. There's a naturalism. Which to it, right? She was though. She was natural beauty. She was yes. really beautiful. And it was just, it really played off. Well, I, I really, and uh, the and sex so, scenes were great. Oh, they're it's fantastic. Not in a sexual way, but it's just very human way. And I love oh, yeah, it. And like, in like the like, way they handle the, it. The sexuality is very, very real and very, very, Gentle and kind and was it Caligula? Fun. No, not with you the know? great eye of Pacuccioni. No, but hey. he was good. You get good in there, it'll clean the whole thing up. Don't worry about Come it. On. Still gonna, still gonna win some awards. But the, um, but like the, the nice thing about that, like in the, like how she, like her, like her, the paper that she writes and how she talks about like, well, you know, cause I like, I like the guy not to have a boner and then elicit the boner. So yeah, I caused it is her. That's another aspect of where she's at. She's like, I want people to react to me. This is what I want. Like, I don't like, I want this to be about me. Like, and so like every, every aspect of it is I want this to be about me in sort of like sometimes bad, sometimes mean, sometimes totally understandable ways. And it's because she doesn't know who she is yet. Yeah. And so like, it is like, it makes the, instead of saying like, you're always going to be a narcissistic douchebag. It's like you don't really know what your center is, and you're trying to figure that out. That's why you are narcissistic. We right should now. also note that there's different. There's lots of different types of narcissistic people. There's narcissistic yes. people who see nothing, no fault in their own. Yes, and there's right. narcissistic people who constantly see fault in their own. Yes, right? the, the, the one is called uh, what malignant narcissism, and there is called covert narcissism. Right. And so she definitely sees fault in herself constantly. Yes. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is why she's like I. I could cheat, but I'm not going to cheat, but I feel bad because I want to cheat. Right. Right. And so this constant guilt. So the worst person in the world is what she thinks of herself. Yes. It's about feeling that way about yourself. Right. You know, uh, versus the rest of the world and what the rest of the world's expectations of you are, you know, and, uh, and what's really lovely is they expand that out very nicely in the next section we'll get to. Um, when we talk about, uh, Norwegian Adam driver's girlfriend, Right. Uh, and how she feels, how she, he feels that way because of how she acts, you know, and it's really, it's like it, it all, it makes this feeling very universal. You know, it's, it's critical of that, of, uh, indulging that feeling, but it also says we, it's understandable that we feel this way. Right. You know? And I think that that's, that's basically the heart of the movie is like, listen, we all feel this way. It's a little irresponsible to, to, to stay there. You know, like it's irresponsible to the people immediately around you. It's irresponsible to yourself. And you really do have to engage life for real 
uh, not just constantly look at it as the enemy and, uh, and trying to, to define yourself against it. For sure. Uh, a couple of things. I mean, their, their, their non-date ends by them leaving the party and they, she refuses to get last names because she doesn't want to be tempted to look them up on Facebook. Yeah. Right. And so they only know their first names and that's how they leave it. And that's how they depart. And she's, you know, she's enamored, clearly enamored by this guy. Right? right. And so sort of get into, to what that is later. But, uh, I actually want to take, if that's possible, before we get to the next part, I'm going to take a couple minute break. I need to use the restroom and yeah, I will yeah, maybe put your dog in another room. Okay. okay. God. Sorry. Is that still making noise? All right, hold on. Just getting a two-minute make rise, and we'll be back uh, shortly. Thanks so much. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How are you, sir? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've been uh, uh, doing a lot of work on the projects, specifically on a project. Um, but it's come along very well. Looks good. A lot of visual effects. Very good. Duh. Um, you'll be done by Monday. It'll be Monday, early Monday, B- barely Monday, barely Monday. No problems. If anyone's wondering, I'm working on, I have two new short films in the works. One of them is moments from being done. And, uh, another one is, uh, many, many more mon- moments than that, but it's on the way. I'm looking forward to debuting them soon. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm very excited about it. Um, uh, cause it's been a little while and, uh, it's good to be back, uh, back on the, uh, back on the horse. Back in the saddle back again. Saddle. I'm also excited about the Oscars, um, which are tomorrow from this recording. And, uh, this is a first time, first for me is that I've seen everything in the nominations list, which I don't think is, I'm not sure if that's happened for many, many, many years. Okay. Uh, and I also enjoyed everything in the list and from in one way or another, even the Baz Luhrmann movie, which is very silly and frivolous, but was still fun. Like it's the first time I've enjoyed a Baz Luhrmann film, honestly. And, uh, ah. and I was, uh, I can't, I can't overly recommend it, but it was a pretty good time and it looked nice. And, uh, the main guy is very good. And like, it's not, it's not something that I would personally nominate it for best picture, but I could, it's a, uh, it's a totally good time and, uh, and well worth it. But I did a bunch of, uh, I did a bunch of catching up. I saw, um, uh, Banshees of, uh, Anishirin. How was uh, that? It's excellent. It's great. I like that quite a bit. Uh, women talking was good. Uh, gosh, what else is there? Uh, we all, we've already talked about Avatar 2 and Top Gun, which are terrific. Oh, and Tar. Tar was my, one of my other I favorites. gotta see Tar. Tar is out of this world. I want to see Tar. I want to see Tar. I do want to see the Banshees. We should do those on podcast too. So. Yes. Yeah. I would say like, I have a feeling that Tar is going to hit for you guys. I okay. love, I love Tar. Tar is a very, it's, it is a, it's a different, I don't know what you expect. Do you guys, what, what kind of movie do you expect out of that? Just as a curiosity. I have no idea. Um, she's a composer. Yes. Like, do you feel it's a drama or a, like, what, what kind of movie? Seems no like idea. A, it's a thriller. It'll be interesting to see what you think of this movie. I'm, it's right. a comedy. It was a, I, I don't want to say too much. It is, it is just very different than I expected. And okay. I, and I loved it. I loved All it right. quite firmly. Uh, okay. Sorry. What's what the matter, Chris? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm having, I'm, I'm, 
I've got the, the shakes today. I'm a little bit too much going on. No, I feel you. <laughs> 100%. I'm sorry about that. Um, Norwegian Adam Driver is where we were last Norwegian night. Adam Driver yes. leaves him on the street and then she uh, – wait. Yes. So she starts to – like she doesn't tell her boyfriend, the comics guy, yeah, uh, that she basically cheated on him. Yeah. You know, um, but things – start changing for her out of that. Right. Well, she, first of all, she, she sees the guy in the bookstore. They meet in the bookstore. No, oh, this is a great scene. This Go is ahead. Terrific tell scene. the scene. And it's very simple, right? She, it's the classic, oh, they see each other again. Like she's working in the bookstore. She sees that he is in the bookstore, right? And she doesn't know what to do. So she tries to just turn and sort of get away from his zone and maybe, He'll miss her. But this woman comes up and starts going, do you have a book called Green Yoga? I really need blah, blah, blah. And like sort of insistently, you know, trying to get her attention and get her to look for this book. And she's trying to like, you know, work through the sale really quickly so she can deal. And then, and then he walks up as he's trying to, as she's trying to make the sale to the woman and he sees her and he's like, oh shit, it's you. But they can't say anything because she's still in the middle of this transaction Finally sums up the transaction. The woman starts to walk away and she turns to Norwegian Adam Driver and says, did you want to buy anything? Because they're together. That's the, the girlfriend. That's the girlfriend. And it, yeah. like the, the, the scene changes its tone so fast. Right. He's like, Oh shit. <laughs> like this is right. I, I was, I was, I was having this weird rom-com scene over here and actually it's this other scene and it, right. it instantly and then you realize that she's been talking to her girlfriend the whole time. Yeah, it's really, really great. And At which point he ca- he tells his girlfriend after I leave, so it's like, I left my sunglasses. I'll be right back. Right. And he goes in to talk to her, and it's they kind of connect, and it's yeah. very awkward. Yeah, and uh, and they don't they don't make a decision decision about like seeing each other again in that moment. Right. But now the fire is lit, and her she's thinking about it constantly. Yeah, constantly, constantly. Right. And um, uh, it starts to affect everything else with her. Yes. Um, okay. And she makes so. a bold choice to break up. Yes. Well, hold on. Let's, let's get to the great scene. Like the great scene where she realizes that she wants to go and talk to him. It's the dream. It's the, the semi dream sequence. Like yes. It's the, mo- the moment of her decision. And so when, when, what triggered the dream? I can't remember. It wasn't she's, the psychedelic thing. The psychedelic thing. No, was no, no. She's, no, she's, later. she's yeah. just in the, it's in the morning. She is talking to her boyfriend in the kitchen. In the kitchen, right. And, and he's just everything like freezes. the coffee and he's like, he do you freezes. want a coffee? And he just sort of stops moving. And it's, yeah, it's one of those freeze, freeze time moments. It's like Buffalo 66, only the whole world, right? Right. Yeah. And, uh, and the camera is free, but everyone in the world outside everyone, of her is frozen. Right. Everyone's, she's running and right. everyone is frozen in time. And some of it's done as a CG, but most of it's people just holding still because I noticed all the leaves were still moving on the trees. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's, which is great. It, it keeps the yeah. whole thing very dreamy and beautiful. And like, and it, and it follows as she runs through, like, I suppose this is Oslo yeah. or wherever. Yeah. And like, yeah. and she, so she's running and like the more she, gives into the fantasy, the more I support her. Like it's like Woody Allen running at the end of Broadway, Danny Rose, right. where you're just like, the more momentum there is, the more I'm like, yes, you know? And then she, I was going to say Harry met Sally, but Harry, oh God, don't get me started. <laughs> Perfectly fine movie. I can't believe that that has the credit that it gets when it's, you don't this. like that movie. 
it's a pretty good movie. It's a pretty good. It is a stone cold. Like that is like not even a cover of Woody Allen's greatest hits. It is 100% of steel. And, and now, and then now it's like, Oh, it's just one Nor Nor Efren's wonderful work. And I was just like, that is a fucking Xerox of Woody Allen and uh, getting credit for it is a little bit. That rubs me raw. It's an, it's a pretty funny. Were you sweet a fan movie. of her movies? I have, I have never liked a Nora Ephron movie outside of when, when Harry met Sally because I love Woody Allen movies. <laughs> yeah, I was never a fan of her movies. Yeah, never. I don't, I don't, I, I don't get, I don't get the attraction. I mean, I, she, I'm sure she's a nice person. I mean, it's she's bad about passed it. away. But like, I, I, I do not like her films. I don't, I don't like her writing. And I, the one thing that is, is funny and charming and well done is, um, absolute mimicry of uh, a greater writer and filmmaker. Um, but that said, Reiner directed it though. Yeah. And it's, and it's, yeah, like well, I'm just sorry. The screen was the screenplay was sorry. The, um, yes. uh, and it, it is, it is a good movie. It's a very, I like, I love crystal in it. I love, uh, Meg Ryan's great. And so, uh, Bruno Kirby's hysterical. Carrie Fisher's great. Like it's all sweet. Bruno it's a sweet Kirby. Movie. When he died, I was like, what? Oh, that was the sadness. Yes. That's the sadness. that was sad. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really don't have anything bad to say about it, except that I'm like, I don't know why this gets the fucking laurels. Like that's, that's a weird, that's a weird thing. It's got a great soundtrack, Harry Connick Jr. or whatever. It's beautiful. It's trying to sound like those Twitter guys. Oh God, I know. It's like, <laughs> I gotta be careful. I gotta be careful. Otherwise be I'm waiting for the New Yorker. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no, it's, it is a good film and I, I don't, I would never fight anybody on movies that they love. Obviously if they love it, they love it. It's great. I will say that yes, that dream sequence is great. Yeah, it's and lovely. they, they especially take advantage of the depth of field thing. So it's really feels very, very dreamy. Yeah. It's gorgeously shot. And, and when it lands at the, uh, at the coffee place where he's, uh, working, like, yeah, we find out he's a barista. He's a barista. Yeah. And which is great just because like the scene begins with the boyfriend pouring coffee and ends with her new boyfriend pouring coffee. Like right. I was just like, that's pretty sick. <laughs> like that's a yeah, great, well. li- yeah, yeah. That's a great little bookend gag right there. Really, it really shows like she is not changing boyfriends because this new guy is really have something you read, special. Have you read? Uh, I don't know if I mean. I'm sorry for lumping in uh, Swedes and Norwegians in the same sentence, but <laughs> Swedes. Uh, but uh, have you have you read the? Did you read Girl on a Dragon Tattoo? The book? Yeah, I did. I did not. I love the film. But I okay, yeah. in the book. They're constantly talking about drinking coffee and having sandwiches. No, that's like, amazing. That's I'm all in So I have a feeling that it's really – and in fact, I found out in Sweden specifically. I don't know if this is the same thing in Norway. Again, I'm sorry for lumping them in two places. It's horrible. But they actually have specific times of day for drinking coffee. That uh, it's like that everyone stops everywhere. doing where they do and they go – have coffee. I thought my love of the thing was simply because of the Norwegian camp, but actually it's because I, I want coffee yeah. so bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling it glow from the, from the Norwegian attitude. I like those books, the dragon tattoo books. I got the books are, I, I, I like the books a lot, honestly yeah. speaking. Um, yes, a lot, a lot. I'm, um, uh, we've talked about it on the show before, but I'm, uh, well, I, well I love... translated from, I mean, I'm sure yeah. it must have been a struggle because it, Feels like it was natively in, written in English, honestly yeah. speaking. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great story. I'm a huge fan of the Fincher version in particular, uh, as a tra- as a yes. as a movie. And, we've uh, talked about that. Yeah, we did on the show. Um, but I will read the books because I love I love those kinds of books in the first place. So I'm surprised that. Yeah, you would really like it. No, no, yeah. 
but yeah, uh, so the, uh, like the, the, with the dream sequence, that's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it shows the subtlety of the, and the, and the, and the sort of gentle comic value of the movie that she's changing from one coffee drinking boyfriend to another coffee pouring boyfriend, coffee pouring boyfriend in both ends is the, it's the same kind of change as when she's going from being a doctor to a photographer. Like, yeah. right. like it's just, it's like, absolutely true. I never even thought about it, but yeah, yeah. it's like, figure out what you want right yes and the boyfriends are both the none of them are very strong male characters yeah exactly they're very easygoing yeah. both of them right yeah. so right. she's obviously they, she have, picked, they have their issues but like they're she she's picking these guys based on the fact that she can control manipulate them, them and control yeah them. like yeah. yeah she's got she's got an angle on these guys i mean they're right. nice guys you know Yes. So these aren't bad relationships. It's, they're not. You know, it's perfect. And fun. the irony, of course, that the, 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 the comic book guy is somewhat meek. Oh, yeah. Like he, he's very abrasive in his art and very meek as a person. Exactly. Yeah. His art is very like controversial, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Right. right. And, and, and actually that's, there's a, the brilliant part is when she, watches him on tv and she's like oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. that's why because he's yeah. a different character there yeah. right it's so wild that's yeah, great that's a great sequence it's a great sequence oh i love that true and she's like what and she's like it's almost like <laughs> there's this whole what's other that, person what's, there what's it's will arnett from uh from um uh uh what's the the show uh uh uh, Arrested Development, who's like, I think I made a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. right, right. <laughs> Not yeah. Larnett, the other guy, uh, uh, Bates. Um, anyway, but yeah, like <laughs> I think a- I made a huge mistake. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, like it's it's really it's fascinating too because like she's like okay, so like she does she has the dream sequence. She comes back from the back dream. To, she comes, she no, she comes back literally to the to the room back to him, mm-hmm. and then. He starts Which pouring coffee again. <laughs> right. And which one she says, we need to break up. <laughs> we need to break up. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah. and this is, an, <laughs> this is another brilliant layer to this thing is that another thing that Western movies do, right? Is, uh, and I'm not, or I should say, I just say American movies, American movies do is, uh, is that when the tough stuff starts to happen, like when the breakup starts to happen, the, the movies will like cut away from, the, the down and dirty material of breaking up with somebody. They just like, they say a line and then there's sadness and it cuts out wide and you see someone walking alone. Right. And what this does is she starts to break up with him and then the narrator comes in and goes, well, and she said this and then he said this and soon they came to the understanding. And you're thinking like, it's going to slowly fade back away from the breakup. And then it doesn't. It just keeps on going and going and going and like it gets uglier and harder and then end up having sex again. And you're just like, oh, yeah, this is what breaking up with someone is like. This is really it's extremely messy. Yeah. And the, like and like the, the narrator like sort of comes in to try to dismantle that and get away from it because she doesn't want to be in the mix of that. Right. So the narrator is essentially taking the role of her superego like, well, now that we're writing this off, let's just make this. Put a put a the end on that story and then fade away, and then they like won't let it happen. Like, but we should also note again, and we've been saying this over and over again in this film. But the the scene that happened that led to her wanting to go through this dream sequence to be with the other boyfriend 
was specifically that they were talking about the success of his comic book. They were, yes. they were at a dinner party yes. and how it's going to turn into thing. So it became about him being successful. So the new the <laughs> Norwegian Adam driver, which I love that. Did <laughs> you call him that? So he's just a barista. He's just a barista. Yeah, so she, barista. he's never going to outdo her. Right. Exactly. And like, there, cause there's a couple of great things about how, uh, this movie, once the movie starts curling back around, we can get to it later. Mm-hmm. But like, the scene when, like, so she breaks up with the boyfriend, starts the new relationship, right? right. And then you get to the scene where she is on the running machine, she sees her ex-boyfriend, the comic artist, giving an interview, a very combative interview, um, yeah. uh, with, about, the offensiveness to of his art, right? right. And you see this to a to a uber very very politically correct, like, yeah, like a new know. wave feminist uh, right. uh, argument versus the this old this old uh, transgressive art, and mm-hmm. like it's a really bitter like uh in, like in, insult. He's, like, he's doing a great job, of yeah, defending, defending himself, himself right? And, yeah. and, and and like she is. But then he says "whore," which doesn't help. It crosses him. the line and fucks it up, and like and it comes like all the stuff, right? And she is seeing him from a completely external viewpoint now. Right. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't know that guy. And what that was really saying is like, this is how little you pay attention to people outside of yourself. Yep. Like you, like this guy is not going to be this guy only on television. Like this is who he is. Like this is, I mean, he is nice and kind around you because he loves you, but like, there's no way that this stuff didn't come up, you know, it's just, you weren't, it's just that you didn't care. It wasn't about you. So you just didn't notice, you know, it's just apart from him. And so to see him from the outside and then by the way, and not to spoil anything, but when she talks to him again in the it's end, not, of the not movie, spoil the whole thing. This is what we do. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but to, to allude to the end of the movie, when she sees him again, he also reveals how much he loves movies. And it's just like, Oh, I could watch this and this and this a million times. And you know, you know how much I love movies. And like, as the viewer, I'm like, <laughs> I had no what? idea you love movies. No. I have only seen you through the lens of her. Right. So, and that's not interesting to her. So it didn't come up. Yeah. <laughs> just like, that's pretty fucking spectacular. Like, yeah. and, and, and that it's now visible to us means it's visible to her. Right. And so like, these are moments, like this is a way to show this. And this is growth. why specifically she feels like she's the worst person in the world. Yes. This is the, this is the beauty of this movie is it's like, it's so empathic towards, uh, her bad behavior that you go, I have been this person. I have been that. Maybe. Yeah. Like this is, I know you and I have, like I have, I have, (laughs) I think that anybody who has been 23 years old absolutely understands where this movie is coming from and how kind the movie is being about it. You know, it's really, it's a really, really beautiful a uh, bit of character, great, great work from her, like beautiful character work from her and great writing. And uh, the direction absolutely understands where it's going the whole time. Trust yeah. the audience to get there. It's just incredible. Uh, but she, uh, I'm trying to remember the sequence of events. Sorry guys. Uh, uh, she does get back. She does get with a new boyfriend. She, there's something about the old girlfriend's Instagram. What was going yeah. on there? There's a lot of. She's oh, you're, you're, your, sound is out, your sound is out. Your sound is out, Daniel. What? Da- Daniel's sound. No, it's still out. Still out. Still out, Daniel. How about now? How about okay, now? now? Now. Yep. Yep. It's back. back. Okay. So the, the so this is actually uh, the the source of the worst person in the world bit, right? Is we get a long uh, history of. 
um, uh, her new boyfriend's ex-girlfriend and their right. relationship. And, uh, he's like, well, she is super into like, we, we went camping this one time. Right. Oh, you're sounding uh, yeah. out again. Hang so on. they go camping. That, that, sorry. Hello? Okay. Yes, yeah. back. No, it's happening. So um, we're uh, gonna have to fix this. I'm gonna buy you fucking news. cables or a mic or something. Whatever. We'll get, it takes. We'll get it fixed. Sorry, everybody. Uh, we can't keep doing this. Yes. <laughs> um, but they, she goes like he goes camping with his, his girlfriend and out on these beautiful um, fjords, fjords and, fjords. Yeah. and yeah. Uh, she wakes up one morning to find that there's like a what a moose, whatever it is, beautiful animal right outside the tent. Reindeer. She, reindeer. She yeah. uh, she walks up to it and she has this commuting with it touches the creature's face, beautiful moment, right? And it inspires her to be very aware of the lost, the beauty in the world in which we're losing. And right. so she starts becoming an activist on the, uh, on the Greenpeace front. She's practicing yoga. She's very like, uh, making and mainly super green, super, super green, like, uh, like fighting against corporations. Uh, like the, like she's going down this very, very intense, uh, path to try to make the world a better place. And most importantly, she is constantly trying to correct him and how he acts, what he consumes, how he interacts with the world, managing him constantly into a new shape that is appropriate for her. Yes. Right? And, uh, where like you have to, you have to look at the things that you drink and watch where they're sourced from and make sure that you're not offending well, it anybody. It also shows how easy it is to manipulate him. Yes, exactly. And so like, and so in a, like, in a way, he is the opposite of her ex-boyfriend who was essentially arguing against, uh, uh, like being hyper aware of other people's feelings. Like, don't like, because to sum up his argument regarding his art is like, I understand where you're coming from, but it's illogical to expect people. It's, it's egotistical to, um, to project unknown people's needs onto what you do to, as if like you are there to save the world and it's a responsibility in everything you do to think about everyone else, because what you're really doing is thinking only about yourself and how like, and, and looking at it egoically. Right. <laughs> and, and the, the new boyfriend is on the receiving end of that. He's yeah, like, whatever. Yeah, the new, the new boyfriend's like, oh, I guess I have to think about literally every choice I make and everything that I consume and the, sh like whether or not the shoes I have or the phone, the battery that I have in my phone is from cobalt. That's mined in Africa. And it, it just, you know, it just utterly changes his life, you oh know? My God. And he does not like, he doesn't want this to be true, but it's the only way to be with her. Right. And, uh, and he's like, I couldn't take it anymore because I was feeling like the worst person in the world. Right. Right. And so like to marry what you were saying earlier, Chris is like, there's two forms of narcissism, right? There's the narcissism of, uh, thinking only of yourself and thinking you're, you're an incredible person and the narcissism of thinking only of yourself as you appear to everyone else because you hate yourself so much. Right. Right. And trying to correct for that by not, I'm not going to be bad. I'm going to make sure that I am absolutely squeaky clean. And every outward projection is actually because you cannot stop thinking about what you look like. And you're not attending, you're only attending to your ego rather than anything that you say that you're caring about. And by living that way, you are acting 
like the worst person in the world. <laughs> like it is an anti-narcissist statement. Like it's not saying that caring for the environment is bad. It's saying the reason for what you are doing may be self-centered. There's listen, um, <laughs> I'm going to just say there are certain, uh, certain people I know <laughs> in certain areas that are very much the preachy kind, the, the yoga girl, right? Yeah, sure. That's, that's someone I know very, very close to me. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. That is just constantly like, no, like, you, if you do this, you're a bad person. If you do this, you're a bad person. If you do this, you're, and, and what's, here's what's interesting about that particular person. Uh, she dates people that she can manipulate and mold. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is because she like, will never date someone who has an opinion. On right. their own, that would be different than, because why? Because she's afraid somebody might be smart. Oh, no, no, no. And everyone, everyone that she dates is because like, it makes them an enemy. Uh, everyone that she dates is someone who's like, just do what I say. And they're like, okay, right. we'll do whatever. She, and so she dates all these very, very drab people. Yeah. Very many personalities. Like the and, thing is like, yeah, that is like that, like none of this is, how can I say it? Like, it, like when you, when you are extremely, uh, when you are exclusively concerned with how other people act, that means in, that you have something wrong within yourself that you're avoiding almost huh. 100% of the time. Oh, 100%. Say that again. When you exclusively concern yourself with how other people act and appear around you, that means that there is something that you have not attended to in yourself and you're projecting yeah. it outward onto everyone else and trying to manage them instead of trying to find out what's wrong with and your- trying to heal yourself. You know, and, uh, and accepting the responsibility of that is very, very difficult. And this is something that I have done, you know, like I've constantly faced this kind of problem. I'm not saying that like, I'm not out of the loop on this stuff. Like I've, I, everybody, everybody uh, faces this kind of stuff. But when you, uh, when you indulge yourself so thoroughly and like, I must judge everyone else so that I am unjudgeable, like you're destroying what is valuable in your own life. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of what this movie is about is like, there's a moment in time, especially when you're, uh, in this window of time in this age bracket where like you, it's a tough thing to get through all the way, which is like, because you can remain, if you like, you can remain a narcissist. It's really easy. If you, uh, yeah. Like, like you can, like, it's, it's natural that you're going to be in the state between like whatever, 16 through 24, <laughs> you know? Um, but you, but you, you need to find your way out of it to become yourself. And a lot of people don't. And they, you know, they end up writing for the New Yorker and seeing movies like this and get really fucking freaked out and offended. <laughs> Look by at them you. That was they a beautiful are. cheap shot. <laughs> <laughs> fucking late. I was so pissed off. I was like, this is, this is my enemy. This, this kind of review is my enemy. Anyway, that's, that's just a joke, but like it is the, it is, that is what the movie is actually talking about. It's like try to find your actual, <laughs> sorry, there's a long way around to go for that joke, but it's like, it is the that's center a joke. of the, that was a jab. <laughs> it is also a jab. I, 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 this, the, like to, to go from a movie that I was so impressed by and touched by into, something so but i i could see that yeah. that's the problem in fact i i think actually specifically it's wonderful that those reviews get put out there because it sort of illustrates how terrible things are yeah right and and, and so it's okay i what i'm sorry i'm gonna put this in here but 
the whole situation that happened last week with Tucker Carlson and the whole stupid freaking January 6th thing and him showing the, the, the footage of like, Hey, we're just tourists. Like, like, right. Oh, buddy. So, so, so to me, this is great because it mm-hmm. sort of illustrates how idiotic that is. Mm-hmm. Cause this is all happening while Fox is being sued by Dominion and they're in a really bad position and all of the text that the, the pundits are talking about how yeah, they're, they're Trump like, is, we, we knew we were lying. We knew we were lying all the time. So to me, to me, when you have, when you have, when you put our job to do, when you're like, yeah, I got to go in and bullshit, but the money must be so good. Oh yeah. The money is so good. No. Okay. I'm going to wrap around to what, Mm -hmm. why why I brought that up. I mean, it's not podcasting money, but I know, I know, I know, I know. But the, the thing is that 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 was really interesting. Oh, I do want to talk about podcasting at the end of this. ADD? Yes, I do. But I, the point I was trying to make, I'm trying to make is is that, is that the guy from the New Yorker, if you keep seeing reviews like that and you keep realizing like, oh, you missed the whole point, then it just illustrates why we are in the position we are, mm-hmm. why we're still only getting Marvel Fest, right? Because yes. no one is willing to actually deal with the problems that they actually have. Yeah. And they're, they cannot be reminded that they may have faults. Yes. This is the, because it's terrifying. You know, in a world where, like, right. if, if someone discovers a fault in you and can use the media, use media, social media, whatever, to utterly destroy you, like, you want to make sure that you are completely fault-free and blameless. And by all of us doing that, we create a, an imaginary world in which we pretend that we are uh, righteous knights divinely protecting goodness when we're actually all just a bunch of misfits who make mistakes, selfish mistakes and are, and hurt people by accident because we're not thinking and we do all sorts of dumbass stuff. And if anywhere that were to be discovered, our lives are ruined. Like that's uh, like, you can't live with those kinds of stakes because we're people, we're humans. And if you're, if you're constantly forcing that judgment outward, it's because you're terrified of being judged. Like that's what you're running from. And it's very, very, very. And so like to be empathic towards, you know, the New Yorker writer that I'm, I'm taking my anger out on. <laughs> like I, you know, like that, he, like he doesn't mean any of this stuff. Like he hasn't thought it through and I should be, I should take the point of view of this film. How do you know he hasn't thought it through though? Well, from reading, reading his review, but like that he was unable to see what the film was doing made me, made me mad, uh, because he was, so, he was so angry towards it. So to, to, to carry out my, my working experience, you like, got paid a lot of money to make that. Review. Well, this is true, right? It's like, so to carry, carry forward my learnings, like, so I can learn something from the experience of the film. What the film is teaching me is that I should actually be forgiving towards people like this. You like, should be forgiving towards him. For, for, for absolutely towards him because I'm but, looking. But I'm, my problem is that the, his voice is going to be listened by a lot more people. But than it's very, our it's voice. very true. It's very true. It's under. But the thing is, it's understandable, and I've made the same mistake. So right. this guy, right? Like, do you feel any empathy for Tucker Carlson? Let me just put it that way. It's it, I'm. <laughs> it's extremely difficult, and I and I don't on a number of ways. Number the key <laughs> the key way that I don't that I have difficulty feeling empathy for him is that I don't know him. Right. I only right. know his act. Right. And clearly he has two different personalities. What yeah. was funny is someone was comparing the act. text messages between all those Fox News 
pundits to what MSNBC says on the air. And they're like identical. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. And I think it's like, th- this is the thing. It's like, I do, like I say this all the time about public people. Like I, I do not know Tucker Carlson and like to pretend as if the image that he is selling, which is everything that I see is him is actually him is incorrect. Right. Like that's his act. I know that's his mm-hmm. act. So being mad about that is sort of useless. Cause I know yeah. that's a put on. It's like, like when people got really upset at Andrew Dice Clay and they were like, it's a like, shtick, dude, dude, it's a shtick. Right. I don't, it's a total shtick. Right. Yeah. And so like now, <laughs> now I do think that Car- the Tucker Carlson's act is a, is a hurtful and dangerous thing to be doing. Sure. Right. Um, well, it's clearly incentivized people to storm the castle. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, people got killed because of yes. this kind of stuff. Oh, many um, people have been killed because of Tucker Carlson. Right. And so like this, this guy, I mean, like directly because of Tucker Carlson. Actually, but, you know, no, like, directly like, because it, like the Buffalo, the, the, the mass murder that happened in Buffalo was a direct, Actually, the murder was like the, the was Tucker Carlson. Tucker yeah. Carlson. Right. That, it's still the murderer's fault to murder somebody. It's not Tucker yeah, Carlson's absolutely. fault. Absolutely. Right? Like the, but the, but Tucker Carlson, I, like where I will get, where I have empathy is that I assume that there is a person named Tucker Carlson. Like that's the uh, only thing uh, I know. And as a person, I will have empathy for him as a human that I don't want bad things to happen sure. to people writ large, then that's the only way in which I can know him. I assume he's a human being. So I hope that he doesn't suffer needlessly over anything. But I yeah. also hope that he starts making better decisions because decisions are hurting people. Yes. But like, he likes money. Uh, yeah, exactly. Did you, did you ever watch the Dale, the documentary called the Dale? No. I, yeah, it's interesting. It's about the guy who is a trans person who, made a car called the Dale that was a complete scam. No, no. Turns out the person, the person that the, the actual person that did that was the, the uh, a con artist, right? right Classic sure. flim flam man. Can right. you put the mic next to you? Because you're, yep. there you go. Flim flam so, Flim flam man. The flim flam man. Yeah. It's the flim lo- flam man. I Jordan love that Siegel, movie. The flim flam man. I love that film. I love that film. I really want to get back to that at some point. But anyway, this person was, you know, a complete scam person, right? Uh, but was also happened to be trans and there was a lot of news that was happening around Los Angeles about this person and the person that was sort of bashing him the most was this journalist, local news journalist in Los Angeles. Right. It was doing a lot of bashing about that character and about the whole trans thing. Sure. A lot of it. Right. Mm, right. That was Tucker Carlson's father. No, no kidding. But what year was this? In the seventies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't, th- I don't think it's, is his father still alive? No. Yeah. Like he's that, it, that he is Tucker Carlson is. Is a the real piece flim, of work. Flam, the flim flam man. man. Yeah, like I say, I, I feel like, like. Sorry. So then went it better. No, but yeah. this, this is true. Things because like the, the, all the, I gotta say. Here's what I gotta say. Are you guys looking at the Twitch stream? Yes. No. Okay. There we go. I look like I'm in that environment. Like I'm actually lit. I know correctly. you're lit. <laughs> I am perfectly lit. Like I got that's the great. same you lighting have a camera than us. Well, I know, but it's pretty right. It's pretty. pretty. I I can tell you how to do it. It's pretty easy. You guys find good cameras. No, you have the expensive camera already. All you got to do is you got to get. There's a thirty dollar. Oh, I have it. 
Uh, it's a, it goes, it, it takes a, uh, takes a HDMI and turns it into a USB and it basically will take any, uh, HDMI I have it. You told me to get it. Yes. And all you gotta do is get a, uh, HDMI cable from your camera and then plug it into this thing and plug it into your computer. And now your computer is a webcam. Yeah. Right. Your, 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 your good camera, camera is, is a webcam. webcam. Yeah. I'm going to have to do this anyway, just because, yeah. yeah, like I'm, I'm I gotta, I gotta, I gotta glam this up a little bit if I'm going to be yeah. on the socials. You got it. Yeah, yeah. Tucker Carlson falls front. Well, there's a couple, you know, oh my God, there was, oh, anyway. So how do we, we got to get to the psychedelic drugs because. I yes. Think. Yes. Okay. So, uh, another party, another party that they have at, uh, okay. but this time with their new, new boyfriend, mm-hmm. Norwegian Adam Driver. I'm sorry. I apologies to Norway and Adam Driver. That is stuck in my head now forever. Norwegian Madden driver. Uh, so, so he is, uh, uh, they have a party at his house. Who is at the party? Her friends. Her, her friends? Her well, friends. that girl was one of her friends, I thought, the blonde. Yeah, well, they're, they're having a get together, right? And they discover it because I think it's his, like, his friends and, like, they have, they, they have some mushrooms in a bag. Like, they ate, oh, mushrooms. she discovers mushrooms that he yeah. had. Right. Yeah. He, uh, his friend does, not him, her. Yeah. And like, I can't believe that you have these. Are these still good anymore? All this kind of stuff. So they're super right. old. And like, she's like still in, you know, let's party mode. And like, this is how I can recapture my, the, 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 my youthful fun. Right. And she's right. just like, let's just do it. Uh, and starts eating it. And everyone's like, uh, are we sure we want to do I mean, do she this? takes so many. She, she takes so much. She yeah. takes like it's two like, good wads. And, and uh, I said, it tastes like dirt. Yes, which it does. Yeah. And they, and they, and they all finally agree to trip out and they're waiting around. Like it's all, it's not working. They're like, well, it's not working. It's not working. Maybe they were old. Maybe it's too old. Right. right. And then suddenly, <laughs> yeah, it starts happening. And <laughs> then we little... enter the most awesome drug scene I've seen. It in was beautiful. So yeah. I, I don't think I've seen one as cool as this since, uh, fear and loathing lost. Oh, Vegas. it was, it was terrific, terrific, <laughs> hilarious and meaningful and beautiful. Yeah. Very, very funny and beautifully done. Stay in front of the mic. Very, very funny and beautifully done. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was like, so she starts having this hallucination where she is, it's great, like that her body is this, um, like maybe 60 year old, uh, much 70. larger woman, 70 much, yeah. much larger woman, right? And she's like, it's uh, wrinkly skin, like, uh, overweight, uh, that, boobs and, and like all these hands. Essentially are, me coming out of the shower. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's great that you did the, the capture for this. I, you know what? The, I wanted it to do it. It was pretty amazingly well done. done. I didn't know this filmmaker was such yeah, a good idea. Pretty amazingly well done. You can uh, see the seams on the neck though, but I, yeah, it it's, yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. And like, the, so these hands start coming and just like groping this old woman body and then it pants all the way up and you see her young head is coming up out of the uh, of that body right and you're just like what it's like it's a beautifully trippy image and also represents how she was feeling emotionally what her fears are and all this kind of stuff um and then she says she's gonna get old she is gonna get old shit this is what her fears are right you know and uh uh and all these like what is wanted of her and uh, how she is seen and then it all comes back to her father is there and so it cuts back. You see her father in like a chair 
distant and then she's still naked and then she sits down on the floor in front of her father and like where like legs are apart and she reaches down and pulls out a tampon and throws it in his face <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it was just like what the fuck she's is crazy. happening it's 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 absolutely and then she wipes the blood on her cheeks like she's uh going oh, to my war, war pain. yeah and Unbelievable. it's terrific yeah. it's terrific like it's a it's a it's both really really funny and really sort of affecting at the same time yeah and uh and so like because it's so like the rest of the movie is so sort of like easy and gentle in everything and then it's just like let's fucking pedal to the metal in the imagery let's trigger this and uh it's really it's shocking and it's yeah, really exciting the was definitely like so, uh, it was the fantastic. Brass ring. so yeah. fucking great yeah, it was, i loved it i loved it it was hilarious and disgusting <laughs> it was fantastic and it's yeah. so like again like I, again, also I pretty, all uber feminist as well which yes, is exactly cool. yeah. and, and, and in a really meaningful way it's not like it's not like playing what it is as a gag it's just it's playing it's playing the gear shift of the movie as a gag like you didn't expect this to get so intense so fast because she's having she just ate a shitload of mushrooms so what do you expect and the movie right. sort of like uh reveals its own uh sort of um uh, uh agenda with you it's like we are cutting down to the bone of what she is really thinking about right. you know and what her real challenges are and we just do it so fast that it's kind of funny uh, and it's, uh, and it's, and it's amazing. And again, like I, I just, I love the fact the movie is so openly and realistically sexual all the time, like in a non, in a non judgy way is terrific. And I wish that were more universal. It's really, really beautiful. More movies like that. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the, it's not even a question. I, it's really gorgeous. It's really gorgeous. Here's, I, I'm going to go one step for, I wish more movies like this would be celebrated. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not just that these movies get made because these movies do get made. We constantly find them. This is one thing we do at Martini Giant is we mm-hmm. find these movies and are, or are suggested by mm-hmm. our, by our great fans yep. who, who's like, nope, you need to watch this one and we'll do that, you know? And so we find these things, but the fact is people don't celebrate them. They don't celebrate this movie as, yeah. as it should. They don't celebrate blonde as it should be yeah. celebrated. They well, don't celebrate yeah, because they're, because it's hard to take this stuff on, you know, and no, not, not, not to overpraise much ourselves. Easier, much easier to celebrate when Harry met Sally. Right. <laughs> and like, because like, and I, and I don't mean like any of that is self praise for Martina John. I'm just saying like, it is like, this is the way that you should, that ever any, Anyone can and should take on a movie is to say like, what is this movie actually trying to say to me? You know, like what is, sure. what are we trying to get at? And, uh, and if you open yourself up to that, you're going to have a, 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 an experience that helps you and changes you, you know, and like as the movie intends, or if you don't like it, you'll be able to actually express why you didn't think it worked without just sort of de- defensively pushing it away. Um, which doesn't really help anyone. Uh, like, cause if you do have a point to make with what you're saying in, in criticism, it should be as helpful as the movie would have been, you know, right. uh, and it's an opportunity to say something real. And so that's why I like, you know, I am my initial attack with the dude is fuck off. I hate the New Yorker. Now I'm going to try and move you, it did to you respond at all. No, I did not going to do that. Uh, like this, this guy just trying to make his living and it's all good. But like, I'm, but through thinking about the movie, I do want to say like, the appropriate, I, you know, like I can, by talking about the movie, I can see like, okay, I should back off. <laughs> like this dude is only reacting because he's afraid and I'm reacting to him because I'm afraid of people like him doing this right. because we live in a world that once people are reactive, nobody learns anything. That's anymore. all we are now. We're just right. about reaction. Okay. Uh, I yeah. Kind of want to get That's where we are. Yes. Yeah. That is 
where we are. And, that, and that's where I was when I was just like, fuck that guy and fuck the New Yorker. Like, I mean, that's the feelings I was having. And, and that, I'm not going to try to dismiss, uh, let's, let's, let's get off the New Yorker thing. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just it. saying that's like that. Like, that's just, that's all I'm saying is like, that's the usefulness of this movie. I know. Right. Yes. right. That's, that's something I can learn from in this movie. And I'm, and that's what made me like it so much. So what we find out, uh, soon after that is she runs into his, uh, Axel's, her first boyfriend, mm-hmm. uh, or not first boyfriend, but the, the first, the first serious first boyfriend, move, yeah. first serious right. boyfriend in the, in the, in the thing from his brother that Axel has terminal cancer. Mm-hmm. She is, uh, she, uh, it doesn't know about it. She, f- Figures out that she's still in love with him when she does that whole, we talked, because I think that's when it happens, when she goes to the gym and she sees him on camera in mm-hmm. there. So all of a sudden Axel is back into her life, even right. though he's not, right? right? And then she doesn't do anything about it at all when she started enamored by him until she finds out that she's pregnant. And it wasn't until she finds out that she's pregnant that she decides to Good see talking. Axel because right. it's about her. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right. Like this is the thing that broke Back us. to the yeah. mic. To right. the mic. This is the thing that came between them because because of her. <laughs> right. <laughs> and now she's about having her. about being a mom. And yeah. Can I be a mom or whatever? Because she doesn't she doesn't want to be a mom with the new boyfriend. She wants to be a mom with Axel. Yeah. And uh, now and she's Axel's like, dying. Uh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it's, right? like, it's like the, the great meme of like, uh, what, what, how's it go? Uh, uh, like, like, uh, like, uh, the consequences of uh, my own actions. Like how could, like, guess who's here? It's the consequences of your own actions. Right. <laughs> like, like we're back in the, we're back in the beginning of the movie. And now she's like, what the fuck do I do? Right. Now that I have, now that this is happening and you're dying. Yeah. And we realized Axel is all terrified of dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That and, was the best part of the film for me. It was no, really, it's really beautiful. It's really, and, the, and, the, and his perspective that he offers on where he's at is very moving. Right. Yeah. Like I really, I really, I think that that guy is like is a really genuinely great actor, and it's nice that they sort of hold back on how good he is until until then. Like he's good in the beginning of the movie, but he's not nothing's really required of him. Right, and then uh, and then in the end of the movie, they they let him off the leash a little bit, and uh, yeah, and it's very very effective. And I think he was really well cast in terms of obviously his acting, as we just mentioned, but also. His, his looks, right? His looks were mild, yes. very mild the whole mm-hmm. time, right? Nothing. And so it's when she leaves him, it's fine because, you know, he's okay. <laughs> right. right. He's not super handsome Hollywood, right? Right. And then when he starts to have a real fight and a real soul and a real this and that, she's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Mm. Uh, he's the person I actually need. And it's not just about who, like, it was just, yep. Yep. It's hard. I, I wasn't paying attention and I missed the boat I missed entirely. The enti- <laughs> I, I missed everything, everything that was amazing about him. I missed mm-hmm. because I was being too selfish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very, her depth of field was 
what a uh, point three, <laughs> whatever you said. <laughs> I don't think you can do a point eight, a point three. I mean, yeah. a point eight. Point I think eight. Barry Linden. What's that lens on there? They oh, used the, on Barry the, the fucking space lens they used for that. Yeah, it's yeah, ridiculous. The yeah. Mike, okay. Mike, 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 Mike. The candlelight lens that they used yes. on that thing. Yeah. Uh, that was very yeah, funny. The, the lens, the lens. Just so you know, like it was a lens specifically that was used. There was a, three of them that were made. Uh, uh, one, uh, one was a NASA lens, went to space and then one Stanley Kubrick got, and it was an F 0.8 or 0.7. Something or something. Rid- ridiculously fast lens. Now they, they, they do make lenses that are that fast, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but, but not to that quality. I mean, they had never been done for movies before. Ever. Never been used in a movie. Yeah. And then the, Kubrick used it on Barry Lyndon where he basically says like, I can light. And remember, this is before denoising or anything else when mm-hmm. film couldn't get an ISO that was like, it, it was, so they used, they, they candle lit shots with this lens and it was like yep. a, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and beautiful, and, yeah. and like like it, it's soft and, and all it's that grainy. for what's his name, um, Ryan O'Neill. Ryan, it's the best man, Ryan O'Neill. I love. I I think it's. I think if I were Ryan O'Neill, uh, I would be offended by Kubrick casting me in that movie, but it is a genius move. <laughs> Like Ryan O'Neill is the wrong person to be in Barry Lyndon, and that's why he's the right person to be in Barry Lyndon. It is hysterical to me every single time I watch it. You want to see someone who's out of his depth? <laughs> Here's Ryan O'Neill. Um, yeah, like Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise, and yeah. this is it. This is why you. I mean, like all I love Tom Cruise, but the reason why you cast Tom Cruise in Eyes Wide Shut is like, like he, like he carries. Uh, a Hollywood Tom Cruise story into a Kubrick dream film. And you're like, no wonder why you look so fucking puzzled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's fantastic. You know, yep. it looks great. God bless you, Tom Cruise. I love Top Gun too. Cried. Loved it. Incredible filmmaker. I think he's a, he's a, he's a definitely an asset to Hollywood. Absolutely. Uh, and I would never, and I did never really f- understood it until, Probably about 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. No, he's, I, I, like, I have, I cause have, I got caught up in the whole freaking shtick with him and the yeah. Scientology and I never Ban- down, ban- dancing on the couch. Yeah. yeah, yeah dancing on the couch is a thing is like, ah, what an asshole. And I'm yeah. like, no, I missed the whole thing. He is a, he's a dedicated professional who has kept the system going and he is an incredible, uh, filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, with a real love of movies. And I really respect that. And so like, I think it's, I think it's beautifully ironic that he is in a Kubrick film, but it's also totally appropriate that he's in the Kubrick film. Exactly. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. it's really good. Okay. So she talks to the guy, uh, she, there's this big revelation about herself and you start to really understand that uh, it's hard to explain how important that scene is, but it is just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pretty much he's in hospice. <laughs> yeah, he's on the way out. Yeah, yeah, he's total hospice. Yep. And, and then somehow she is making it about herself as opposed to him dying. <laughs> and he's trying to explain to her things about himself, which is the only thing they should be talking about. But mm-hmm. instead, she's talking about being pregnant. Yep. Yep. And how she doesn't, you know, know what to do about the right. baby. And he is very sweet about it. He's very sweet. Yeah. And he talked to her about it he, because he loves her still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously she does too. Yeah. And and he says, you know, uh, like, I need you to know that you're the love of my life. And uh, you don't have to say anything about that. That's just where I was at. I just want you to know how amazing you are, you know, and which is, you know, essentially if she could 
if she had any central self-worth, then she would stop being so, um, wildly off kilter, you know? And, uh, and you know, like she's, she's getting there, <laughs> she's getting there, but it's very, very difficult. And like, I really feel like the, I, there's a, there's a bit of a, uh, blonde style, like the baby is the, sort of the person who needs to arrive, right? Yeah. The, there's a symbol there that's like, there's another person you're meant to be and it's growing inside you, uh, and you should find a way to embrace this somehow. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so I think that there's, there's something gentle going on with that. Not in a, not in a pro-lifey way, but in a, in a personal way. Yeah. So she takes that after that meeting, she, she tells the Norwegian ad and driver that about the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. They decide to separate while she decides what she wants to do with the baby. Mm-hmm. Then she goes, she's in a shower and we see blood running down her leg mm-hmm. indicating she miscarried. Mm-hmm. At which point she smiles. I know. <laughs> because now pressure's off. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's free. She can she's, be, she's be, back, be back to herself herself. Right. She's free. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I didn't like that smile. No, it's like it, it shows it's, that she's troubled. She's yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, of course. But usually when they're troubled in films, you want to see more of a background. The father scene and all that didn't give enough depth to the, what her thing was. So like what caused her such pain to become so selfish? And um, I just, right. you know what I mean? There wasn't enough backstory for me because then you perceive her eyes either – Really selfish or semi-psychotic or, you know, disturbed. Well, here's my, here's my feeling on that. I hear where you're coming from. Um, but my feeling is, is that I like that they didn't make the father like the reason, you know? No, because, but, but it, because what's be so selfish, you, you want to know where. It, well, this is what I'm saying is like, that is who you are when you're that old. <laughs> like, and it's like, nah. that is, there's, there's, there, I look back on like my own life. And everyone I have ever known, that period of their life is yeah, trust me, extraordinarily, it was yeah. And so, but like, it seemed like a very time. it it seemed like I, I've seen people make like well, looking back, you just go, I made some very cruel decisions, some very bad decisions. I've seen everyone I know has made all their bad decisions happen in that moment of time, and all for the same reason. It's very hard to have any perspective about yourself literally at all. And so like I said, I remain, I mean, I hear where you're from, but I like, I like that it would, it let the responsibility be on her rather than taking it off of her to like, okay. but do you see any growth in her? Were you, because the whole time you're cheering for her in a way, yeah, very, then at the end, it's, it's like, that, that's the point. I don't think you really see growth in her. It's, a, it's not minute, but. It's not satisfying in the way that a normal Hollywood well, movie no, would be. You, yes, but the growth, she goes and spends time with him and, you know, she bravely went and did it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, th- I don't think she's a bad person. No. You know? And so, like, I think that, like, if the movie were to uh, give more of a reason for her narcissism in a more explicit way, like her dad was a really terrible person who did terrible things to her or whatever it is. Like, um, that takes the responsibility off of her and really you need, and the movie is trying to put the responsibility at our feet, 
like you really have to be careful of this in your own life. You know, like you really have to, because this is a good person that you can see the mistakes that she is making that you probably feel sympathetic with in some way. Like you can't just put it off on other people. Like you have to take it. You have to take responsibility. And, uh, and that's extraordinarily difficult to do. In I that think I, I understand, but I think what I was saying is that she, she basically, I know she, I know it's her responsibility. I guess my thing was, is that she started at such a high note at a thing that's hard to do in medical school. And it's just this downward cascading. You kind of look at her differently than just somebody who's selfish that maybe she's, you know, a little mentally disturbed. And I think with the <laughs> smile, that's right. what I got. And I, I, that's what the way I felt. I hear, I hear, I, I certainly, there's a little bit of carry from. in there. Yeah. Like I, I hear, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not quite as hard on her as, as you are, but I hear where you're coming from. I hear where you're coming from. But uh, yes, I, I know that life. And no. I, 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 it had a lot of impact on me. It mm-hmm. really did. Uh, for certain things in my life right now and just thinking about just, you know, time has passed and all this stuff. And, <laughs> dealing with stuff right now. And I definitely, it hit home, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I didn't cheer for her as much as I did three, you know, 90% of the movie. I just yeah, well, was like, it's, ah. it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it, there's sadness. It's real sadness, you know, where you're just like, it leaves you, it leaves you going, uh, uh you know, like, like, oh, you're, you're, yeah, you're close, <laughs> you know, but I think that's, I, that's what the movie where, where it wants you to be, you know, when you leave and you need to feel, I, I think what it's trying to say is like, it's trying to leave this in your lap rather than f- solve it for you, I guess. And so you, so you have that, that anxiety coming out of the film, uh, that makes you self-aware mm-hmm. and, uh, it's uncomfortable. But it is, uh, I think it's probably the right, for me, it was the right choice. I think it's the right, like, you want to, you want to land that movie in a way that makes you go, okay, I'm with you, kind of, you know, and the ending shot, like what I was referencing before, like, you compare the beginning shot to the ending shot of her looking through uh, photos of other people on her computer in a much more bland, regular setting. Like, it's not the romantic, um you know, uh, Hollywoodish lighting of the party and all that kind of stuff. Like it's just her on her computer side shot again, but she's like looking out at this window onto other people. Cause now she's working for like a film set and taking photos. Like she's doing something that's closer to what she wanted to do. And she's offering advice to the actor, you know, as to like how she might want to use. And that actress is married to, yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know the director. No, 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 no. At the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah wasn't yeah. that the same woman that goes out? Oh, it's the same woman. That, sorry, it's the same one. Yeah, exactly. So like what? she's, it's the same woman that uh, her ex-boyfriend is the, the same, the, is it the same woman? It's the father. It's the father. Yeah. I'm not sure. That's interesting. I like that. No, that, I, I, I didn't thought catch that it. was her. Yeah. It may, may, I'm sure that's true. I just didn't catch it. I, lo- I love that. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought that's what it was. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I was, I was, I was, I, I may miss it. But you. she also sees herself. Uh, oh, by the way, with I the baby, question. the baby is like the, the baby that never happened is she sees that too. Is that her? I know. Okay. I took it as I, like, he's I moved on. And that's another yeah, person. Yeah. That's what I took. But here's the thing. Was it the same actress that was playing the actress at the table? Maybe. 
at, maybe. actress at the table. Okay, table. so the, our protagonist, the girl, who's yes. the selfish girl, yes. did she portray the actress in the television show at the end that was being Is it the done? same woman? Is she, yes. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, like, because I, 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 I first I, saw her, I was like, oh, I had now the same, she's an actress. I thought, I thought the same thing. I, 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 I was, I, yeah, I was a little confused about that. Yeah, so maybe that's, maybe that's the case. Be but then she's up. photographing that same actress. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, but yeah. they never did both of them together. Right. It's a, it's a AB shots. So maybe that's true. And it would certainly like symbolically, that's kind of interesting if that's what they did. Um, because like it is exactly what they're like. She is, uh, like that is a version of, that's a dramatic version of her. Right. Uh, and yeah. you're sort of stepping outside of the movie to, for her to see herself in a scene that may have, might have been a corny version of a scene that might have been from the movie on only in which she is being left. Right. And so like, that's why I think that there's the slightest bit of up value to, I got to watch that ending again because yeah, I think it's, it's confusing, right? And but it's a good ending because I think, that, I think, one actually, I, I think that you're Eric, you're right. She's, no, no, it's I, herself. Right. But as an actress, and then she's, cause there's a, because the that, so Adam Driver so you know, guy is back with a baby. Yes. And the actress that was playing the one getting the headshots or the, the, the set shots goes out, holds a baby and goes with him. That was right. the actress. So, so it's like she's reflecting back on the life that she could have had. I, I, I think we should watch this again. We had like mildly different interpretations of this. It'd be interesting. Okay. Let me just, let me clarify. So, yeah. cause I have, and we, I, we all just watched this like yesterday. Yeah. No, 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 no. This morning. It's <laughs> not a fact. So what I just want to clarify is that the first thing is that when she's taking photos of the actress. Yes. I thought that the actress was actually, you know, the girl playing the actress at the table where the director was talking to. I thought it was her too. Uh, yeah. I thought it was yes. her. Same. Yes. As an actress, but just with different makeup. Yeah. She's and blonde and stuff like that. Blonde and the whole thing. Yeah. Then at the end, I thought the woman that portrayed the actress left set and she, oh, thank you, Nance. Thank you, sweet. Uh, left set and goes and she turns out to be married to the dopey dude. Yes. Yes, that is what I thought happened. Right. With a baby. With yes. a baby. So yes. that's the baby that she never had. No, that's, 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 that's where we part ways is that I thought it was just he had a baby with somebody else since years That's later. right. No. Yep. That's the, that's the way I but read it. But the trickery was is that, that this actress played the other actress in the movie, but just had different makeup. Yeah, that's the question. Uh... Right. We gotta watch this. Again. She did dual yeah, no, roles. My feeling, I thought she did dual roles at the end because there was never a two shot of them. There was always over the shoulder. You mean they were never in the frame together? Yeah, I got it. I got it. And then that's actually her, but she just had different makeup because the lips are like, wait, that's that's her. Her lips are the very same with the jawline thing, and I was just like, huh. And you know, because I draw, I notice things differently about mouth proportions. And I was like, wait a minute, that's her. Did she become an actress now? Yeah. That's why though, when I saw the baby, I said, that's why the last scene was so flat, drab and depressing because I felt like this was, uh, Jade, uh, you know, the, the Woody Allen ones, Blue Jasmine, which is one of the most depressing endings of all time, but it's, that's right. Right. So uh, I, I, I actually took it to be, and this is good uh, that we have different views on this is like, I took it to be, there's, there's a mild amount of growth for her in that she is, uh, she is in a situation where she is literally seeing herself from the outside and trying to see 
what was wrong with her performance. Like what she did wrong. And then she offers her surrogate self advice. Like that she's missed the boat on these two relationships, but she has enough perspective now that she's starting to process this. She's a professional. She's making money. She is doing something that she does like. And with this actress, she's seeing a version of herself outside of herself that she can have some notes on how you might want to act better. And so like, I, I, took, I took it as like this little tiny up note right at the end. Uh, Casey that said that he's never seen this film and he has some homework to do now, which, uh, yes, you do. It would be great. Uh, it's on Canopy for free if you want to mm-hmm. get it on Canopy. I got to join Canopy. And so Canopy Hulu with is ads. easy. Or Hulu with ads if you want to do yeah. that. But, uh, or Hulu in general. But Canopy, man. Hey, like, Casey. Just much just like you gotta, it's easy. It's free. It's basically it's a library, library system. Casey would dig it. It's so well shot, dude. It's such a really beautiful good. environment. Beautiful film. And it's, uh, it's so beautiful. And you get in the group, just the mood. Casey, yeah. I know you said you have Hulu without ads, which is fine. I do too. But get Canopy. Get canopy. canopy is, you are going to be like, why? The two things we push on Martini Giant are Canopy and Tubi. Yes. <laughs> and this, yeah. uh, these, uh, none of these are, you have to pay for. <laughs> Yeah, it's a can- canopy, canopy, canopy library with card, a K. I know it's spelled wrong. films galore. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's basically yeah, like I, you go- I'm getting. I'm on a tight budget. Nancy's. Asking. There's zero dollars. You have to spend I know, on canopy. I had to get rid of HBO Max because I'm doing this Mid Journey stuff, and it's just you know, I'd rather put the money in Mid Journey. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. Well, what you're doing on Mid Journey is pure. You should oh, see what I should also tonight. note. Holy those moly. of you guys who are listening uh, uh, to this live. For those of you who are not listening hey, this to live, live baby. but on Monday, on Monday, uh, there's going to be a episode of CG Garage, uh, which is the three of us. We're going to yeah. be talking about. Are you going to send the link out that I made for you? Which link? Yes, of course. Can't That's going to go on, on the page. Fun. That was a good little conversation we had. I liked that quite a bit. That was nice. Yeah. It, was, so, it wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, focusing on any particular anything. It's just, no, like we're not. We were focusing out. on films. We were chilling out. We were talking. So yeah. it's, uh, so check it out. It's coming out on Monday. Uh, it'll be, it's not a three hour episode. I couldn't no. do that to the Martini Giant or the CG Garage. Yeah. Basketball. They're not ready. They're not ready they're for not the full boat. But, but there's a lot of cool stuff and we talk a lot about the cool stuff that Eric's been doing and he, I know a lot of people have been hearing it in spits and spats here and there, but we actually get into it in depth in terms of what he's been doing with, with AI and especially the story, but he's been trying to tell for the last five, 10 years. Yeah. It's right? really beautiful. Uh, I've since the eighties, but yeah. really nitty gritty since four years, five years. Yeah. Yeah. It's really yeah, great. For it's sure. really great. And especially with uh, mid journey, you've done unbelievable work that everyone should definitely uh, take a look Thank at it. You. Right. No. I'm excited. So first of all, I know, I, I don't know if, if, uh, EGZ is still here. He's, he oh, he is. And if there. he's still here, it's gotta be like four o'clock in the morning. God you have you. been so amazing. And I, first yeah. of all, I want to thank him, for, you know, for congratulations. Thank you for recommending this film to us because, uh, these are, these, this is what makes it so special. He's uh, introducing us to things that we need to know about. He also, we did, uh, he was also the one who recommended Insomnia and Insomnia, which was also fun. Mm-hmm. That was great. Um, That's true. 
Yeah. And so, but doing this, Annie Hall was a great, yeah, it's a great combo. And this works really well for what we're doing because Annie Hall, I think a lot of people have seen and then they haven't necessarily seen the other movie, which is a great way of introducing. It was very refreshing. And uh, like I've said a couple of times now, like I found myself in kind of a loop where I think for the anxiety of the COVID years and all this kind of jazz, like I am more uh, apt to watch movies I've seen before because they're comfortable rather than strike out and see new things. I think everyone sort of understands what I'm talking about there. It is uh, great to have people force me out of that. I appreciate it very much. This was a great, great film, and it really woke up my, 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 my filmy brain. It, it gave you f- some fighting in you, and yeah. you're going to go after everyone at the New Yorker. That's it. I'm taking them down. No apologies to the New Yorker and that guy. And, uh, stays. Okay. And, and then you know, next time we'll just uh, uh, go to the Martini Giant Oslo Film Festival. Uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Golden Hour Film Festival. It's six the hours long. <laughs> The Golden Hour Film Festival. <laughs> I almost feel like that. That we should, we should do something. Someone register that domain. Yeah, yeah, the Golden exactly. Hour Film Festival. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right but brother. Dan gets it wrong. It's like I got it. I got the Golden Shower Film Festival. Yeah. So oh, no, Dan, no, Dan, no. It was Actually, into that anyway. It's just, no, Dan. It could be worth some money. Golden Hour. I think we can sell that. I think we can sell that. No, that's awesome, guys. Yeah, this is a great one, and uh, it was very inspiring uh, filmmaking wise as well so please check it out and let us know what you think that was really really good absolutely okay you guys ready for this let's do it good show good show guys excellent all right drink talk drink